Hey everybody, Jim here, and before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to remind everybody that next week's episode, episode 448, will be Patreon only. It is an annuals week coming up, a fifth week of the month of books, and when that happens, we always have that week of podcast on the Patreon only, and the way that you can listen to the show for as little as a dollar for the whole entire month is just to go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science and sign up like i said if you just want to listen to the patreon only show you just end up plopping down a dollar for the entire month you'll have a lot of other things you can listen to as well but if you get inspired each level you go up ends up having more and more shows to listen to we have a ton of things on our patreon that i think anybody listening to our regular dc show would really really like so I just asked everybody, go on over there, subscribe, and if you wait until September 1st, this is a little tip, if you wait until September 1st to sign up, you won't be charged when you sign up. You'll only be charged if you decide to keep subscribing into October. So if you quit before October, and this could be just the last second before the witching hour, and right before it becomes October 1st, If you end up deciding it's not for you and quit, you'll never be charged. So you can go the whole month free of charge if you so choose to. But I think there's a lot for people to enjoy and you might want to stay. That is what we kind of count on. But again, go to patreon.com slash weird science. And for as little as a dollar, you can listen to this Patreon only show. Also, the Patreon only show for Marvel as well. But with all of that, let's get on to the show. Welcome to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the Lord of the Shamble House, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 447. 447, and here we are, Eric. Welcome all of you weirdos here to the Get Fresh crew. (laughs) And we have a bunch of books, and they're a little more diverse. Than what we had last week, we had pretty much all Batman books. Until then, we remembered, oh yeah, Adam. Black Adam. Like, all Black bad Adam books, including we can Black, make Black it Adam. Twisted. It kind of looks Adam. like a fat guy when he's a, a vampires, right? It kind of looks like a Batman. He's a Draculas. He is a Draculas, but we have a little bit more diversity. Although, still, we'll have our Bat Family books, hard and heavy here. But I'm saying though, we have action comics, we have Deathstroke, and Deathstroke, we just had a freaking gigantic crossover with the Bat family. Well, there you go, though. Two out of five ain't bad. Isn't that what Meatloaf I'm sang as he was Death dying? Deathstroke ha- has a kid with Damien's mama. Okay. Well, yeah, that is true, which we may see this week. This is like six degrees of separation with my family. Eric, which we may see this week. Oh, my God. Special G. Just wait for that, peoples. But yeah, we have. Eh, they're okay. I mean, this is kind of what you're going to get. And I think that people are worried right now because of all these changes at Warner Brothers and DC, that if you think you're getting a lot of bad family books now, that they may actually limit things to get a lot more, at least just bad books. But we'll see how that flies and what comes on. We don't have to worry about that just about right now. But before we do go into these books, please go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where you can get reviews for these books on our website each and every week. 
and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can help us out for all the shows that we have here on the regular feed and get a ton more, including the big one that we always talk about, the badass Patreon-only spotlight episode, and that comes out every Thursday night. Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number five was one of the books we talked about, and Olympus Rebirth number one was the other those were the two books that the badasses did pick. Badass is the top two levels of the Patreon. It's not just that there. There's a lot of other shows. Some of the shows that I thought were of note this week, we ended up having our Back Issues podcast where we go back and talk about one issue from the DC past. Ended up picking Batman number 113 from 1958. Actually, the Batman, the Superman of Planet X and that was the first appearance of Zoran R. We had our start of our Death of Superman podcast that me and my man Matt Razor are doing. We talked about the Man of Steel number 18 from 1993, Doomsday Part 1. And that would be something coming up to the anniversary, something that you might want to go check out. There's a ton of things over there at the Patreon. You can go a lot of reading clubs and things like that. Best way to understand it is to go and check it out so hopefully people will but here is the big badass as we give them the roll call and this is eric the badass roll call ah oh, here we go confusing myself now jeffrey greek steven Baghdad mitchell the annihilator ted probes i love punchline stork Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, Red, Matches Balone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bear Costco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, that's 242 to you and me, Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocke, Seller Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Noah Marv, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis, we'll hear from Luis, question of the week later, Manship, Andrew in Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, that's Brandone, he's got a bit of a punter problem up there in the Buffalo area. And double A run in Minnesota, doxing his ass as I do each and every week. And also give a shout out to the all time great Reginald Drinkwater, Reggie. Uh uh. And that's it. Come on, music. Stop. I'm usually not this efficient, Eric. I'm usually ending up doing my nonsense. What is this? It's the extended version. And there it is. And Eric Shea. Eric Shea's here as well. But yeah, we have a bunch of books here. One of the big things, though, to mention here at the end of this intro is. That next week is an annuals week. There's some big books, though. We'll end up having the end. We'll end up having the end of War World. We'll end up all that. And with that, it is Patreon only. So if you want to get involved with those, you have to go over and sign up to the Patreon for as little as a dollar. And you can listen to all of the shows next week. If not, you could just pretend we took a week off, which we don't do. Well, don't we always? Isn't that called mailing it in? But we'll see. <laughs> I want to pretend I mean, so This hard. stubble bumble of an intro. I don't know what's going on. I was all prepared. I actually had all these things, but we'll get to it. We'll get things straightened up. We'll tighten up the ship. But we have a bunch of books, including you know, a little pretentious dialogue in my mind coming up. And I'm really hoping that Eric Shea has cleared his throat. He's ready to give us a rendition of some of the greatest things I've ever read from Gotham itself. But we're going to go off right now to the book. Oh, 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 oh. 
That end of ocean, Eric. I, I can't remember what happened to her. She kind of just disappeared, about? She's right? fine. Ah, she's okay. As is Arkham Tower, maybe. Arkham Tower problems. Yeah, the reason that I put that is the fact that we will be told that these villains, chillin'-like villains and Dylan, they're coming into Gotham because, you know, that Arkham Asylum's blown up and now our name isn't going to go forward where there's a tower there, but I don't even know what the hell the tower is doing. That is a Gotham tower. If there's anything, the, the, the Arkham Knight hands didn't go and build this building, this tower up to the heavens. Like we built that Arkham Asylum. I don't know. At one point it seemed like it was already haunted by the spirits of Arkham as well. And wacky stuff, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, it was. That's what it all ends up being. Homeless men. They cause all the problems, Eric. And even the idea, like, the like, why didn't they come earlier? Before we had Arkham Asylum that was destroyed, and then we turned Wayne Manor into Arkham Manor. Yeah. Oh, I have all the lists, and I'm wondering. And we it's had one that of those... spider guy living in the walls of that, going around killing exactly. people. Exactly. I often wonder, it's like one of those plays where it's like, they're like, nah, it's not the right time. Like, they want to get to the point where the least amount of cleanup has to be done. Well, it takes a and long time like, oh, for okay. the, this news to get to Eastern Europe. Well, I, I guess it did, because in my mind, that A-Day happened a while ago. I mean, we haven't had like an anniversary type deal in the books, though I don't think we will. But even so, word did travel, uh, you know, Jim, slowly. I'm telling you, A-Day feels like it was yesterday, which it should. But somehow with that, we have this two-year anniversary of the death of Jim Gordon. Yeah. James well, Gordon we, Jr., I mean. <laughs> well, we have that. So we're, there you go. There's a time frame there. I'm like, that was like three weeks ago. Unless it was Atlantean technology that built that Arkham Tower. I don't know. How long did that damn thing take? And then 24 days later, it ends up going down. That was not worth it, Eric. Not worth it at all. Taxpayer but money at work. We end up having all this. The, the rent's too damn high, Eric. We have two books in this section. This is a classic Top section. Shelf. Eric Eric Shea loves when it's the detective action comics section. This is classic. Actually, uh, I prefer when it's classic. like an action comics Batman or a detective comics Superman. No, For you like reason, to mix it up like Having that? it both at the same time feels weird. We used to have it. Like, that was how we used to always yeah. have it, I think, back and in the day. Like. But, yeah, so, well, you still get the two big bangers here. Or are they? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. These two books, if you want to read the reviews from the reviews, are on our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com. And we'll jump into this because what we have is kind of it's a weird play. It's kind of the ending to the Superman book, but it's going to continue in a special in annuals week. And if you want to listen to that, that'll be the Patreon only. And then we get Detective Comics that no, no, this just doesn't feel like it 
Bitswell. What are you talking about? Mr. Wayne, you used to own this city, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know. So you I lost don't know all your money. Going on. Yes. Well, here we go. We'll start with that. Detective Comics number 1063. <laughs> it is like a fever dream, that deal. It is like when th- that book reminds me of you go to bed and I, I wake up. You're right next to me. I say, Eric, wake up. I don't like this world. I just had this dream. And I try to explain a dream that has like eight scenes that don't fit together, but they're put together. But it made sense while I was dreaming. This is my life every day with Jessica. Yeah. But trying to tell you it, it's like makes no damn sense. The rent's too damn high. I'm like, shut up. I'm going back to sleep. Detective Comics number 1063, written by Ram V, art by Raphael Albuquerque, Dave Stewart, who actually won four straight 21 seasons for the A's back in the day, Eric. I don't know if you know that. I don't think it's the same Dave Stewart and Ariana Mayer. And this is a story that I, you know, really, it is hard hitting. It's a story about Shavhad, Azrin, Anatole Orgham, Niang, Gal Tenclaw, and the Asmer. What? Those are the names that end up oh, being thrown asthma. at you with the bad guys in this. Well, the asthma, that's the stuff that gives you the powers. Or it takes. Or then you need a music box to get the powers away. The asthma also seems like they're spelling out there was like an ancient civilization that might come back to. I don't know. And so. Might as well be Candor. Overall, in my mind, this boils down to pretty much just being a story about alley property, property, bitch. Yes. They show up and they're saying, we have a deed. We end up owning Arkham. Now, there's going to be some problems with that, obviously. We talk about they got a piece of paper with their name on it. Yeah, we've already seen this. We already had the story. And overall, it's convoluted and not that interesting, that part to me. I am going to make a printout tonight, and I'm going to put it in a safe where it says, like, you know, my future descendants can pull out this scroll like 100 years from now and say they own Quakertown because it's something that nobody recorded back in our time. They have this deed, but they're hanging out in the bay. They're a couple miles out there, you know, on their yacht. While you end up having their man clean up and get ready the things going on, which seems like it cleaning up like the underworld, but make it theirs and things like that. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You have the deed. Just go in. It's just a very odd thing. The foot soldiers are afraid and the bosses are all in hiding. It's not my wrath that they're running from. It's not the Penguin or Nigma or any of the usual devils. No, there's a power vacuum in Gotham and someone new is stepping into it. But everywhere I turn, all I hear is the echo of your own voice, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, here's the thing. When you're going through this, first off, is Penguin dead in this? So the, the power I'm vacuum. yes, even though it's bullshit. I wish that instead of that, that thing you just read, and this is what happens again, and this is Ram V. He will have pages and pages of dialogue that I don't understand exactly what he's trying to say in a story that just began. Why are you confusing people with your over-the-top, pretentious-ass dialogue to then, but if you went with what's now, Joker isn't around, right? Right. You end up having Riddler's probably in Arkham Tower, whatever they say that is at the moment. That's what we think. And the Penguin's dead. There is a power vacuum. What happened at the end of The Last Detective with Rock and Riddler Rebel Radio? That, that's the thing. We don't know. He ended up just kept on with his radio show. So I even <laughs> forgot. Well, he's busy doing his radio show. He's the shock jock of Gotham. Did he get taken down at the end of that? How is it that this is the last story we had? I can't remember anything about Rock and Rebel Riddle Radio. Me and you laughed about it. Now you say that. Why don't I have the sound effect? You ended up where at the end of that, they said... We really don't have anything to take down the Riddler. He was just talking Where's on the, the radio. FCC? Yeah, really. And uh, 
pump up the volume with Riddler. Black Mask would normally try to jump in. He's off his game. His mask got destroyed. He's got Catwoman problems, but she's getting out of city soon, so he'll be okay. Yeah, so with all that, there is a power vacuum, but he doesn't play it quite like that. He says, like, okay, here we go. It's not this guy. It's not that guy. That's not a power vacuum. That's just the usual suspects are not you know, there. I've checked the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddlers. Now it's your, t- it's your turn, Two-Face. Is you the bad guy? No, I don't know what's the deuce no more. <laughs> that, that's basically, that's detective work. And then he ends up with the <laughs> one, only one thing he has. I got a music box. I better go see the maestros. Ah, uh, the maestro. <laughs> I start reading this and, there, you know, you see a guy, it ends up being Two-Face. It's Harvey, right? So you have Harvey, Harvey Dent. Two-Face Dent. I'm guessing he's off of his, you know, Task Force Z kick. Right now, where he's hanging out in nightclubs with a gold like faceplate over his scarred ass face. Why wouldn't you explain that? It's the Phantom of the of the Hoppers over here. It's the Phantom of the Duos. Plus, he has this huge ass. That's not even a coin. That's a frisbee. Well, even the idea where he has a Barbados gold coin that he's twiddling around on a table, like, all right, I know that there's a Barbados hyperdimensional thing going on in the background that's affecting Bruce's mind somehow. And I'm getting this really mixed up because it's such a weird idea that we're in Detective Comics, we're dealing with the hyperdimensional slash Barbados, and over in uh, Batman, we have the Zura and Ah going on. I'm like, oh, what are we doing right now? Why is everything just Grant Morrison the shit out of everything? It is. It really is. Is DC trying to get him back by luring him out with his stuff? Maybe. And even that, when you even explain Arkham, you're going to go full out with the Morrison timeline, the Arkham deal with that as well, which most people do anyway. Yeah. But you end up where... What is going on here? Even Andrew Belfast sends me this and like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's Two-Face. It's half Goldface. It's it's Goldface, right? It's Goldface's little brother. It's so funny, too, because even with the idea where you have a fan of the opera gold mask that you're wearing on your scarred face, with that new white stripe that he has going up his hair like he's motherfucking Jason Blood, this might just be Jason Blood with a new mask. You look like it. And then when he's holding this big Barbados Frisbee. It's a coaster. That throws me off anyway, because as you know, like it, that coin is something big for him. And yet he has this Barbados coaster and he's just sipping through his Bombay dry. And then Bruce comes in here. Who are these guys? Are, are they putting friends. on a play for each other? It, like, this is how old friends talk with each other. Jim. Here's it, me and you. We meet each other in a bar and you're like. Whoa, halfway through a Bombay dry there, Jimmy boy. And, and then I say, it's always dark outside in Gotham, Eric. We each find our flicker where we can. Right Ooh. away, you'd be like, the fuck are you? I'm the Lord of the Manor. <laughs> You're the Lord of your own. What grim portents bring the Lord from his manor to his to the shamble house of all places? Something has shifted in shadow and stillness. And I can't put my finger on it. We are still talking about the city, right, Bruce? And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm with you, Harp. I have no idea what we're talking about. But you started it. Two-Face says, and I'll repeat because we were giving around. What grim portents brings the Lord from his manor to the shamble house? The classic Harvey Dent. I mean, really, I, that just flows off the lips as Harvey Dent. But you're also mixing in panels and trying to create this... This uh, like feeling of where we are in this nightclub where you bring in this Jessica Rabbit-esque kind of singer on stage just for a panel. She doesn't do anything. She's just in the background and then interrupts panels with Harvey and Bruce. And I'm like, I don't know what this does for the story as you're just waxing fucking things about fucking portents and shamble houses. I'm like, what's up with the Barbados, huh? Yeah, nobody sounds like they should. And the story, obviously, already two issues in is so extended artificially with nonsense like this. Now. 
I can guess that they're getting maybe towards the end. Of, what's it called? December, the end of Dark Crisis. And they've told him he has to have the story that fits in there and maybe just doesn't have a long story. Because really, a story about a family coming in and saying, yeah, we got this ancient deed to the Arkhams. Uh, you know, because we are the Arkhams, but they were the Orgrams before, but now we own Gotham. It's not that interesting. So you have this, even those plays where you have this lady singing, starts to feel a little Tom King-esque of extending stuff. And then there's just no explanation. But even with the Two-Face bit where I'm just like, like, what are you doing now after Task Force Z except for drinking your you know, tonics and freaking just watching this lady sing in a nightclub that apparently you used to own but no longer do? It's like, I am no longer involved in any of it, Bruce. They fixed me. Didn't you hear? Look upon my golden face, Bruce Wayne. I am no longer part of his world. I tasted the change long before any of you did. I was the line that was redrawn. <laughs> hey, do you know <laughs> who the bad guy is, Harf? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Harf, stop your bullshit and tell me. Are you bad and do you know anything? But, okay, but even the idea, like, why are you here, Bruce? Like, what are you doing? These past nights, I have stalked Gotham shadows like a fog of fear over its quieted streets. The dread reminder that the specter that haunts their skies may choose to descend upon them at any moment. I have broken jaws and twisted arms and strung them up and hung them upside down from the highest places. <laughs> this, I found one who screamed in delirium. I'm just like, you're a psychopath, Bruce Wayne. What do you like? The idea that, like, I, I want you to be, if, if we're going to go with the idea that we remove the boy from Two-Face's brain, that he tried to kill himself and mm-hmm. this, you know, help to get rid of the Two-Face persona, you know, and have Harvey Dent be Harvey Dent once again, even though he has a fucked up face. I would like the idea that Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent could become friends again and could confront yeah. each other since Harvey Dent knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. But when you two come around and start talking this bullshit, I don't think any one of you wants to hang out with the other one because who needs that? I think they're trying to push each other away with the stupid dialogue. And in that, it's just the idea. Ram V comes in here and Ram V is a smart guy, I think, and he ends up maybe doing some background checks and looking into things and whatever. But of course, Bruce knows that he's been fixed. Bruce helped. Bruce Batman was the one who helped them Didn't do that hear? in Detective Comics <laughs> in this book itself. I am no longer in his world. Yeah. And, and like you said, I know, man, I paid for it. Let's not mention zombie shit and, you know, Tess for Z because maybe, <laughs> well, no, Batman knows about that as well. That but, stuff, but he was not happy about that stuff. either. No, no. So you kind of, we'll let that go. But the idea of this, didn't you hear? Yeah, yeah, I heard. And yeah, I think that you're quite right that Bruce paid for it. I mean, all this was Bruce doing it. And then remember, it wasn't just the idea that this was off panel. We actually saw him at one point working cases for people and really taking to it and really enjoying being Harvey again. In fact, at this point, I'm really upset that we didn't advance that. You said that it would be cool to have them team up together, Harvey and uh, Bruce. I would have liked Harvey to run for mayor. Actually, go maybe be the Look, big I'm still DA. Maybe Kano over uh, Harvey. Maybe Dad. so, but with him being reformed and that's, doing that's that, that's all Nakano needs. I'm telling you, he he has tanked his whole career in this mayoral freaking uh, job that he has for himself. If he runs against Harvey Dent, though, he is a lock for being reelected. I'm telling you, I think at this moment I could win. I could just swoop in and win. Here is my platform. I'm not Nakano. There it is. I win. That guy doesn't do anything right. Oh, my God. He doesn't have the eyes on the prize. A real eye for the future, Eric Shea. (laughs) I had to beat you to it. Uh, But in that, too, that's the funny play is as Nakano is mayor, all of a sudden you're going to have these wackos from Eastern Europe swoop in and just take the city Oh, no. This guy has the worst job ever. (laughs) Holy moly. I thought Marion Barry was a bad mayor. This guy is worse. 
But when you end up having this, and this is something that a Ram V will do, and it's part art-wise, but I think that he spells it out. You end up having a nightclub, a very noir-type scene yeah. there. Like you said, it's even like a Jessica Rabbit deal even. And then you end up having Harvey, who looks like Jason Blood, has half a mask of, of gold, even mentions it later, and has this huge-ass frisbee with Barbados on nothing explained i think it just might be a coaster for that nightclub i don't know he's spinning it and uh, he spins everything but really is he spinning the truth eric i don't know or is he but spinning even a yarn? That, why isn't bruce going what are you doing with that barbados deal what's going on here are you part of this he's like eh, just like hanging out in the club i used to own I'd be like, nobody's going to own this soon. There's nobody here. Like, what a bad night. Seriously, this is the only, he is the only person He's here. the only person there. Like, we have, we have two millionaires. So, like, I'm telling you, former billionaire Bruce Wayne walks in, doesn't buy anything and leaves. I'm like, this is a real anything. bad night. <laughs> former district attorney Harvey Dent, who actually was a millionaire through his illegal activities. He's just here. He bought one drink left. Yeah, one drink. Maybe bought some cigars. This club better start having a 900 drink minimum. That's the only way they're going to end up being able to be above uh, the red. But yeah, even then, you play that deal with the coins. And, but it doesn't, you're not explaining anything. These are all, again, what Ram V does. And some people love it. Some people like the feels. Some people like, and it's not even the feels. It's like the atmosphere that he plays on. But there's been too many times now that I've been burnt, including this week with Swamp Thing, that by the end, I didn't get any of the information that I wanted. So when you have a mystery that involves like 80 different things, it feels like at this point, and he doesn't really feel like he's that inspired to tell you anything, then we just, it it, it irritates me. And, if, and when you get dialogue that doesn't seem like the characters, that's even worse. And even then, when he's, he's not even on like a gargoyle, my city, the poor... He is actually saying that to Harvey. Yeah, like, this is not inner dialogue. This is him explaining himself to someone like a lunatic. You self-important fuck you. There, yeah, when he's up there on the gargoyles, it's even half a joke for him. Like, oh, what am I going to what am I gonna wax poetic about tonight? And my city. Oh, that's a good one. Let me write this down. The rain drips like tears off of a, a young child in an alley. But no, this is him talking <laughs> right to. Rain falls like tears from a child 20 years ago. <laughs> As he witnessed pearls fall down, kind of like that rain. These gargoyles look into the distance, never <laughs> blinking, never forgetting. I, I didn't like this issue because what do you get? You just get things flung at you in dialogue that no character. Well, this is the like thing is, I don't really, spoke. I don't hate this issue by any means. It's just you know, over the top nonsense in the, especially in the dialogue. I'm telling you, we used to make fun of Steve Orlando's dialogue because it was always just weird people shouting like they're supposed to be in a conversation but they'd shout one thing and the other person would, would just shout something else as if they were supposed to talk to somebody but they're just yelling their own things at each other and this one the dialogue is lofty it's very lofty it's over the top it's trying to be self-important but the overall story like when you have the Olgrams show up here they, who would be you know the the uh eastern european arkhams that we have here living on a yacht and you have the, the young master arson here it looks like he almost turns from a, a dr jekyll into a mr hyde with this weird rune over his eyes and then you need the music box to calm the and soothe your soul. And I'm saying, going, all right, look, it, there could be something here. I want to know more about it because the story. He's definitely I don't powered mind. up. He's definitely a metahuman. He's powered up. He ends he up sure even as magic. he well as he gets mad. He even burns that rail. It doesn't seem like he can control it. He seems like a Mister Hyde type character. That's interesting enough. I wish they had you names would that say I remember. I'm weaker. 
And also, if this guy's doing this and can get triggered at any second, you might as well get this asshole with the music box. He better be, you know, on the hip of well, that guy. The they idea, have to yell we have this guy. character who actually, I'm telling you, when he powers up, he looks like the zombie Gotham who was made to look like freaking Bane a little bit here. But like, who is he talking to? It seems like I would assume it's kind of like his mother here. Who he's yeah, I think it Hod. is. And when you look at her, she's got like the eyes from the Tom Cruise mummy movie with like the three pupils or some shit. I'm like, what's up with her? Again, this is what I'm saying. These are neat things. These are things that are intriguing. These are Listen things to the that music box. Artist. Again, though, uh, and Swamp Thing, you ended up having some things show up that were pretty neat, like Jack Hawksmore thinking, oh, Nobody my God. And then neat. he disappeared. A lot of people like that character. And he kind of showed up. But Nobody knows that character. And even then, they're just hanging. They're hanging out off of the Gotham shores, waiting for the city to be ready, waiting for the city to be ready for Arzen. We got to get t- Gail Tenclaw to get the city ready for now, us. Tenclaw's got to do this because Arzen, the city needs to be cleared for him. But in the meantime, you even muddy it up with Two-Face by the end to say, okay, you're going to rule the city, but in our name. So what are they going to do? What- well, even the idea of they ambush Gail Tenclaw, who's the muscle of this operation going in Gotham City, taking out mobsters left and right, as we saw in the previous issue. But he's like, they ambush Harvey Dent on his way out of this nightclub in the alley. He's like, and they say, I, Gail Tenclaw, will fill your body with the strength we require of you. Tell me, Harvey Dent, have you knowledge of the asthma? And I'm like, he just like breaks his little vial and blows it to Harvey's face. I'm like, ancient beings of wrath and rage to answer to my call. And they will watch your every action. And I will know all that you know. I will see all that you see. They will follow my every word and they will make you bend to their will. Or they will kill you. And I'm just sitting there. What's the asthma? 69, dude. I don't know. We, we <laughs> have Harvey Dent who's taking control now. And what he desperately needs because of this, we're going to have this asthma take control of Harvey Dent. So in order to freaking win the day, we got to bring Two-Face back out. Because while Gail Tenkoll controls Harvey Dent with the asthma, he doesn't control Two-Face. No. And Gail, uh, you know, Tenkoll. He ended up, he came in, he's already cleaning house. He's trying to go through Gotham. He's trying to end up clearing the way for that. In the meantime, Batman's talking about a power vacuum, but it's more than that. He's a little off on that, but he ended up getting that music box that he just so happened to take from the, you know, down at the docks when yeah. that shipments and stuff were coming in. Then we see that a similar music box is used. I, all, it's funny because all I could think about was like Age of Ultron, the Avengers movie and stuff like that with the music box soothing this guy to make him okay again to the point where it was Black Widow so like soothing the Hulk to make him calm down after a mission yeah. and stuff like um, that. That's what with it that seems. Lullaby. And that's what it reminded Except me of. Except for the way that it seems like different music boxes might have different things to do. In fact, when you end up having Bruce go to talk to Maestro, I was like, you're going to talk to the Hulk? Holy crap. But he ends up going. It's so funny how many Hulk analogies we can pull out of this. But I wish it was Music Meister, but this is an old, like, you know, freaking, you know, Silver Age Earth 1 villain for Batman, the Maestro, who hasn't been around for a dog's age. Very subtly, you're still also dealing with the idea, hey, Batman, you're getting too old. You're getting too old for this. Because even when he goes, it's almost like a parallel to him with Maestro. Hey, Maestro, you're big on these things, but you're losing your hearing. You're getting old. You want to hear this while you still can? You want to listen to this? Yo, this is Batman. It's the black noise. I believe that's what the term is. We first encountered it in 1883 when Krakatoa erupted and produced a sound that could have covered the world seven times over. I I was stuck on this freaking balloon for so long because what does this mean to you? Because it doesn't mean anything to me. I just left me confused. But we first encountered it in 1883 when Krakatoa erupted and produced a sound that could have 
covered the world seven times over. How did we measure that sound and know that would cover the world seven times over? I think it's trying over? to measure a sound in a way that you don't usually measure. And he's trying to no, mix and measure. match the deal of just kind of saying it was it was loud. It was big, Batman. That black noise. Holy shit. You ain't seen noise like this. I mean, if it went backwards, it would turn back time, Eric. Like, share. Why can't he go talk? Because I know for a fact that Tweedledee and Tweedledum is not going to talk like this bullshit. I need him to go to them. Even he'll go talk <laughs> to them. They they'll start sound like, like Stephen Hawking. They, they'll be like the biggest, smartest guys ever. Do I sound like a robot? Well, actually, we looked into this the other day, a fortnight ago there, Batman. For some reason, I'm okay with Maestro talking like this, though. And actually, I think that I think that Maestro actually not putting on airs right now. He's an old man. He's going deaf. And he's dying in freaking prison. He seems like he's really plain Jane about how he wants to speak about this black noise that he knows about. Batman goes to him because this is a box that he's dated. How <laughs> was it in bed? I mean, and Maestro, boom, he knows everything about it. I mean, this guy is a Wikipedia of everything, which is fine because of what he is. A tune full of unresolved tritones. The devil is at an interval, some musicians call it. The thing is, I'm not a musician. I don't know a lot about music or how to read it, but what I just did there... I made it sound more complex than it was with the way I accentuated it. As the harmonics, but the real deal is the below frequencies where Burroughs and Bowie often speculated that that can control people, make them Ooh. something they aren't, or actually bring out something they've always been. Perhaps it has been used to change people, whole societies even, long before we discovered it, Batman. But you seem to know a lot about this, Maestro. I know! I came to the right man before I freaking got a zero, <laughs> a total L when I went to Harvey. But you know what? I'm knocking it out of the park with you, Maestro. That is true. He ends up, that's the preparation. He actually dealt in it like, I think I better go <laughs> to the Maestro That's a confidence booster for the old Batman. Oh my goodness gracious. But for some reason, this, the, the, the noise out of this changes Batman's mind a little bit, where it puts him into a weird panic attack, where he is being talked to by the freaking hyperdimensional Barbados. Look now, how you cower at the sound of my voice. Not all the poultry toy, nor the callous fingers of some minstrel, no. This music, my eternal growl, was always here, always within the whimpering of that little orphan boy. What have you really changed, round and round, like changing places in the masquerade? No. This place is like me, eternal. Gotham, Gatham, the home of the demon king who wrote my name upon Solomon's key. Barbados. I, this is fine, too, because it's a goddamn demon Barbados, the hyperdimensional. I want to know what this is about. This is not a problem as long as Batman doesn't talk like this anymore. Okay, is this something of a possession deal? Is this something that's real? Is he is just thinking of this? still the dragon of the but world forger? At the end of it, what the fuck do I care when the big thing is these assholes are out there on a yacht and they're going to take over with a deed? That's not holding up in court. I just want to know why the friggin' Olgrims here want to get together and say that, you know, look, who look, we need right man. now? There's a wolfman! I don't know what's going the on wolf here. Where's the wolfman at? The wolfman there! He's there growling. That's a man. That thing growling. It might be a wolfman, but it could also it's just a wolf be a, man. It could be a freaking American werewolf in Gotham. I don't know what's happening. It's just some wolf walking around the streets of Gotham. All this stuff going on. What is going on in this? I don't understand. Harley Quinn walks around with hyenas and shit. How do I know that Sebastian doesn't have a wolf that got loose? Even then, I just want to know why they have chosen Harvey Two-Face to be the man who sits on the throne, who be their eyes and ears when the idea becomes, oh yeah, but he's not really down with this, so we got to change him with the asthma, but then like, you know, that it's going to be Two-Face who gets let out of his box, and now he's just going to get... Actually, again, that's not a bad idea. You have this whole stupid thing where you want to have this man 
who's going to be this eyes and ears who you can control. You can puppet master the shit out of him, but then he has a fail safe of his own, almost like a Zura and Ah, where Two Face comes out and then like Big Bad fucking Harv is back and he's going to be a problem for Batman and the rest of Gotham once again. I think that Two Face is going to tell him to go fuck themselves because he's going to want this for himself. Yeah, then they'll kill him. I, I, look at these guys. They got the Wolfman. They got a guy that looks like he's turning into uh, like Hulk. And again, on a, I on a say boat. that. But the thing as well, we saw freaking Gail Tenko in the previous issue look like he went head like cat eyes like Michael Jackson at the end saying. of Thriller. So who knows? He could be the Wolfman. I'm telling you, he, I think he is. I think that's what they were showing there. I, I don't think that Harvey, Two-Face, any of them are going to be a, do shit against them. I don't understand. With the idea that Harvey does allow Two-Face out of his box at the end of this to save himself from this whole puppet master encounter that he's going to be going through with this freaking family. I do look forward to the idea of big, bad freaking Two-Face being back. Two-Face is one of my favorite villains. I want to see him back proper. I just think that all this does is reset him, and then he goes off. Oh, he did all that Task Force Z stuff for nothing. I like, too, when he's talking about where he ended up questioning this one guy, and this guy's bleeding green shit all over. Look, we know I want to think if- that the guy got curious about a glow stick and opened it up and cracked it all over his face by I mistake. I mean, who hasn't done that? I like the idea that the know. guy's falling off. Guy's falling off an unfinished bridge. Falls to his death. Batman's just watching. And then he's like, oh, by the way, he turned to ash before he hit the ground. Bullshit. You just let him die. In the meantime, you end up having this whole thing set up of this family with just the worst names. Wow, American. Listen to you. Yeah, she ends up saying them and the Arkhams ended up changing their name. That's what ended up making it kind of that switcheroo. Well, with that, why weren't they mad then? Because they're mad about their name continuing, but yet the name that keeps continuing is Arkham. I just want to know when the O'Shea's are going to come from Ireland that I'm descended from and say, you changed your name to Shea, let's fuck up Quakertown. They almost were going doing spring cleaning and found this deed on the bottom of like a truck. And I agree, that does feel really thing, but because someone blew it up, ours in the asylum, even under a bastard name, was the last bastion of a past that risks being forgotten. Nah. And your mother will forgive much, but she would not forgive of being forgotten. I love that idea where all of a sudden they decide. Not, and again, they no, have no, Mama, Arkham Mama. Tower now. Arkham Tower's over there. So I love it at the idea of like, don't you get it? People, you change the name. We're the Orgums. Who the fuck are you? Oh, you mean you might know us as the Arkhams. Oh, the, the Arkhams. In fact, you're coming to make ah. sure nobody forgets about you, but nobody knows about you. They forgot about you, and you're basing your story on the fact. That nobody knows or forgot about you. Look, I'm so sure you end you're up fine where- because I know the freaking, you know, Boy Scouts, when they go on camping trips, they tell freaking ghost stories about Amadeus Arkham. So you're, you're going to be fine for the rest of your lives. No one's forgetting your creepy ass family. At the end, they're going to be like, but it's supposed to be. Or- no, we're, we're, we're stretching it now. But here's the deal. We're mad because the A-Day. Oh, my God. Arkham Asylum blew up. Now they did rebuild and went to up. Arkham Tower. The in Batman number 489 back in the day, Bane ended up destroying Arkham. It had to be rebuilt and was changed to Mercy Island. Then Then, in the Battle of the Cow, Black Mass completely blew up Arkham and that had to be rebuilt. And then in Batman Eternal number 30, Deacon Blackfire in a ritual completely destroyed Arkham Asylum and they had to rebuild it as the Wayne Manor turned into Arkham Manor. And now you get a day. So four times this is gone. Yeah, Deacon Blackfire did that. I know I have it. I couldn't remember who did it, though. So why show up now? I told you, news travels slow to that country. Yeah, I guess. I guess. It's just the setup is kind of... And what is the story? I just... The story, if if you're not going to go with the feels and like, oh, this seems cool, 
There's nothing you mean here to tell yet. me that a one-eyed mayor that I didn't vote for made a tower out of my name. <laughs> I like that old dingy dungeon of a freaking asylum that my name used to be on. I don't like this fancy pants tower. Let's go. Let's go kick some ass, son. We're going to America. They're like, what towers? We don't have towers here in Eastern Europe. We have asylums. Let's go. I don't like this. Two stories is too damn tall, let alone a tower. I just sit there and last night even I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, sometimes people, we like comics, right? You like the comics. You sit, you think a lot at work even. You do your little thinking time. I'm like, who do I like better? I don't know. I think I like Shavhad a little better than Anatole Orgham or Niang. Hey, Niang is the man here. He calms down ours with a music box. I need a Niang in my corner. I don't need Niang in his music box. He is the Alfred of these people. Leave him be. He's like, I'm a the big heart. man. I look like I can kick ass, but I'm music box man. Now, if I got the Shavhad action figure, though, would she have three pupils in her each eye? Yes, she would. And also have a son, Arzen, who you pump him up and he actually expands. Is he like the bad guy in Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I, I just the story. It's again, it's not horrible. It's just the pieces don't fit for me. And it ends up over the top just being frustrating because Jimmy, it's just the same old, same old. I need a story. That might be a downplay for you, but that's an upper for me. Well, if we see the Wolfman, that does go up a the little. Wolfman. The Wolfman will always extend it. You know what? He's a Wolfman. You're damn right he is. But after all that, what what would you give this? What do you think of this, Eric? Is, I don't mind this, especially if we're going to get more Two-Face out of it. The Ogre family stuff from the Arkham's of that. It might be over the top. I don't understand what's happening yet. And the freaking the dialogue in the beginning between Bruce and Harvey, it's god awful. But oh, besides for that part, I think that everything else is like pretty good here. And I actually look forward to the story. And I think the art's pretty good. So I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. I'm going to try to be a little positive here. I do really like the art. I'm a Raphael Albuquerque fan. We didn't really talk enough about the art in my mind, but it really is good. I am also interested to see what happens with Two-Face. But it's more of what happens coming out of this. Is he back to being classic two-face which i would say that's what most people want and as you pointed out there is what looks to be a wolf man and the idea that the guy's name is ten claw really should have been the idea yeah he's the wolf man so with that i would have normally gone six but the wolf, the wolf man, man makes me go up to a 6.5 with that, what are we going to uh, talk about next? Action covers number 1046, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with Arpai Fico, Asio, Lee Lowridge, Dave Sharp, David Lanham, and Trish Mulvihill. And we're continuing our war on War World. And in the last issue, we realized that the storyteller of War World, Byla Esh, turns out he was a monster man all along. He was the keeper of the fire of Olgrim, and he was putting Superman through the paces to see if he was worthy enough. But in order to be worthy enough to have the fire of one of the, the original god of gods from the first world, you gotta fight a freaking sandworm from Dune. So he transforms the storyteller guy that we've all loved throughout the series. He turns into a sandworm. And yeah, Superman wait till has he to has to him. tell this story later. This guy, he was long-winded before, now he's just a sandworm. And going, but the the good part about this is it actually gives us something that we've been waiting for since the truth. You end up seeing a Superman that's not quite powered that up. That is still the going freaking and attacking. I, they, like, you know, Phil Kennedy Johnson has been trying to do this throughout the story where the idea is no it, matter what's It seems what's like he's been on, struggling to get to this point, he, But right? the thing is, he has it going on with each and every issue. And a lot of times it feels like it's kind of shoehorned in just to make sure that we all know, isn't Superman pretty super? And you're damn right, he is. But it just became this thing that always was just happening, whether you needed to or not, the show. He's deep powered, but he's still a Superman. When you have it here with Superman 
going after the sandworm and doing all that he can to make sure that he can get, you know, almost being the mortal man of steel at this point in time for how depowered he is. He has a little bit of charge left. The man because of, of the real, Eric. The man I'm of real. Him. The man of real. I like that. But he is going to go through all of this to go down there and complete it. And the thing is, we're going to have ourselves a test going on. We've got to face a sandworm. We've got to fucking figure out a riddle. And then we got to freaking, <laughs> we got to go up against we got to go against the last ray, like the remnants of the freaking god of gods there, the fire of Ogrim, to get the actual fire of Ogrim. But sadly, while it seemed like this ultimate power that would like choose, like prove who wins, like good or evil in the universe, just boils down. Here's the dagger. I'm like, God damn it. Why is it? That's disappointing. Yeah, you know, there you go. Now, in that, like you said, when you ended up, and I said this a bunch of times when we were going through action comics, since especially since we ended up, you know, really getting into the war world stuff where. It seemed like Philip Kennedy Johnson, yeah, there's Superman, he doesn't have power, but then he'd always have this like, well, he kind of does. Ooh, he got close to the Genesis. So we, And I was really worried that we were kind of getting away from this idea of him not being powered at all because it always felt a little fudged. And like you said, some of the things were just like, well, I'm Superman and I keep helping the people who need my help. Don't it was like worry, almost kids. like he you was... can wear the symbol of L on your chest because we're all heroes. And we all inspire hope. <laughs> and it, it felt Superman. like an after school special. <laughs> Actually, it felt like what you would have at the end of a G.I. Joe comic. Well, kids, now battle, you know kids. the rest of it. Yeah, that's what you get. And that's what we had got that felt almost forced. We said this before. Well, people always ended up giving Bendis a little credit because at the end of each issue, that asshole would sit there and go, you know what? I'm Superman. Remember, he would talk and we said that it, it felt like he was insane. I'm Superman and I don't kill people. You know what? Oh, my God. Did you get that? It's, he it's gets been Superman. hard for me to be this great my entire life. But whatever it is, I'm Superman so I can overcome how great it is to be me. And somehow in this Thank issue, you, for the most part, it feels like Philip Kennedy Johnson breaks that mold finally because he was doing the almost. It really felt like on War World. Superman was signaling to himself like, hey, guys, I'm Superman. And you know what? Pretty cool. But this one he doesn't, especially when he's by himself. And I'm telling you, it could be the corniest thing where he saves Ghost Girl. And it's great. Oh, it ends up not is, feeling not corny not at all Ghost in my Girl, mind. And the, that's the task. When we have Fico Osio here on our and you, everybody wants to like, you know, there to be a one artist. But Fico is doing a great job to fill in for what we have here. But when you're fighting the sandworm that used to be the storyteller, and you have the panel-to-panel -panel progression of this battle. It looks amazing. It almost harkens back to what feels like a 90s kind of style with Superman, like, you know, squatting down to rip the jaws open of the sandworm to save the other, like, the Philosians uh, there. And even the idea at the end there, I, I love this moment where we, we defeat the sandworm and we go to freaking the guy and he's like, why did you save me? You should have let me die. Like, and then Superman is like, I'm not going to let anybody die. I'm Superman. And I'm like, you have this guy. You should have left me for dead. And the idea, like, look. If I, I'm going to go in there, if I don't come back, everybody's going to look to you to be the leader. And he's like, yeah, I didn't know. You're, you're the leader. No matter what, you they are the leader. They better not look close, Eric. He's a mess. He is that he's such a mess with awful, that eye. Him and Nakata, what a sight. But, I uh, know. Holy crap. They're calling him Patches now. But the thing is, Holy I moly. love this little bit where he wanted to sacri sacrifice himself to the sandworm so Superman can go and do the stuff. And Superman went, and base, went, went to be Superman and saved him. So we're going to have Superman then. And even that, that's our first bit. We defeated the sandworm. And then the progression of panels, which is... You can kind of feel maybe it's a little bit for like um, hard to follow with the, how close the cuts are of these little glass like bits of it almost looks like I'm glass. I'm telling you that that's one of the, the things that is one desert, of the I things that triggers great. me. I think it looks great. I thought I, I had a little bit of a problem following, I it, but I still think it looks great. And in my deal, 
anytime you have a scene like this, because you want to show him go through all this. And again, you have to remember, and I, I wish that you really played it out more, maybe with a bit of dialogue before, because these kids, again, the kids are there. The they're kids, both. David. They're the hype man. Oh, my God. It's the hype man and the hype gal. I mean, it's Flava Flav times 10. Truth and justice. Yeah, boy. They end up going off. I wish that you had something with these kids saying, hey, you know, you can't go, Superman. You don't have any powers. You can't fly anymore. You can't do that. Because when he's doing that, you end up thinking, well, does he have that? But no, it's better because he is just doing. I mean, he's like the American Ninja deal on that that game show thing that he's going, trying to go through the gauntlet. I don't know what it's called. I call it American Ninja because I like Michael Dudikoff. So you end up going. But even then, when he, he like launches up, it does look like he's flying. But he's more of just, you know, going through the deal. He's, he's using style. his physical strengths. He still is a very strong guy. But even one of the Isn't things that, that I like. Man? This is this is where I actually reading this. I was kind of like, OK, here we go. We're going to fight this, <laughs> this sandworm nonsense of the storyteller. But when you end up where he talks to. The, the guy there, when the guy says, you should have left me for dead. I was dead. Krill and when Ux. Superman, yeah, Krill, Superman doesn't say, well, 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 I save everybody because I'm Superman. That's what that S means. Super, right? I'm Superman. No, he says, not yet you weren't, which is pretty good. You know, I was dead. Not yet you weren't. And then says, I need you for what comes next. He actually has a plan and he's going. He's not signaling. He's like, no, no, no. You need to live because I need it you. It's such a disappointment, though, when we have found out at the end of this whole ordeal I know. that this guy has betrayed Superman from the get-go so Mongo could get the free. But isn't that life, from. Eric? Isn't I was that so life? disappointed. And, it just, and I'm all telling you, I got done this issue when he's all like, you see him like betray Superman right there and there's Mongo who is. And I'm like, he should have let you die. <laughs> I was so upset. Krill Ox to me is like, you know, WVU. I went to get a degree. I thought my life was going to be easy peasy, Eric. I, it lied. It turned on me. I ended up getting smashed in the face with that thing. That is that life, wasn't my friend. Fault. Uh, that was just me. Actually, it was my laziness and my lack of wanting to do new things and being able to meet new people. There right there is me in the nutshell and how my life ended up. Plus, I kind of liked having sex, Eric. I have five kids. So you end up having Superman. But this is again, said six, like five I said, times. On six, the one time it didn't quite work. You end up where you go here. Me and you on our TGIF podcast, out of nowhere, we started talking about the DCYOU. And we were talking about even bringing up the truth when Superman didn't have his powers. And through that whole deal, if you were listening to the podcast, or you could go back and listen to them now, we talked about the idea, don't give us a mad Superman that wants his powers back. Give us a Superman that is going to do the job no matter what and show us that he's super without the powers. And that's what we get here. That's what we get here. And, it, and I give it mwah, because I thought that that was a really good the move. idea where you have Superman who's using what strength he has left to fight the sandworm to power his way through this giant void to get where he needs to go. You then show Superman using his wits and showing he's not a dumb guy with the idea that for the next test, you shall answer a riddle about what is the greatest gift this person like in the story had to give and he does he figures that out looks like he even figures out a goddamn puzzle box along the way with symbols i don't even know how he knows about it i don't know about it he but activated Superman does. the hellraiser he activated the lament configuration pinhead's like you open the box we came oh, and then no. the freaking oh, another no. door opens and we have a shade an echo of who the original Ogram used to be what power he has left he's all like look you come here you gotta fight me now and the, even the idea where 
this is the third and final test because we had this ghost girl who was talking to Superman about being the unbloodied sword. And it's crazy because other people have come here before, but they've always been warriors and savages who have bloodied swords. They have like, you know, condemned souls on their hands. And Superman is the first to not have any. This girl thinks that's quaint. She just like, he doesn't know who this is. And when we go to fight the Shade of Ulgrim here and the Shade of Ulgrim goes to then kill that girl, Superman being depowered as he is, as we know him to be there, goes and protects this young girl. And that is the final test to receive the fire of Ogrim. You passed the test. Even you, like there's no reason for you to save this girl in this test to have, show, have the power of all powers, but you sacrificed, you would have sacrificed your life for this innocent. You know what? You are worthy, my friend. Yeah, you are worthy. And it's really cool. You would give your life for an unliving child? A thing of grave and light and memory? Because even that, that's funny. That's almost like, you know, a Ram V dialogue. Of grave and light and memory. You don't when seem a unliving giant to me. statue oh, of fine. an ancient god, I'm okay then. Yeah, I, I don't an mind it that much. An ancient alien god, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind that at you all. You are worthy but of your name, that... Superman, and a worthy soul bearer of the Olgrim. Here, this is yours, and I swear to God, when the, the ghost girl then, her... her body transforms to make the fire of ogre itself and it goes in superman's hands and it just becomes a dagger i love all this but when it just becomes a simple dagger like ah shit why couldn't it be cooler than that like i don't want superman to have a weapon as his ultimate power this is the thing though that i'm impressed by is as you go then and he has to face mongol mongol's gonna kill the kids but he doesn't know this is all a gigantic shock to him where he gets back to where we started this whole fight with sam where we're at and then he realizes that freaking he was betrayed by his friend who he wanted to lead the freaking Felosians once he left. It's like, like, yo, drop the freaking order. Who already say here? Your revolution is dead, Superman. Give up the fire of Ogrim or I will kill these grubs before your eyes. And you just have, you know, Superman betrayed. I'm like, he is Superman. The Felosians have betrayed him, at least one. And now Mongol has them at his freaking heels. What's he going to do? He's going to give him the fire of Ogrim. And maybe that's the fourth and final test. <laughs> Which is weird, though, because next month, Kal-El returns part one. I know. Well, we end up, we're going to stop this, or we're going to end this uh, next week in annuals week. It's such a weird idea, though, where this all ends next issue, but in an annual is where it doesn't says, next up, Kal-El returns. I'm like, he can't return yet. Yeah, uh, that kind of spoils things, right? But uh, I think he's going to be okay. I think he's talking to you. Trialux, I think, uh, ends up stabbing Mongol in the back now. That's what I say. I don't know. But the problem is there, or not the problem, the thing that I liked is that Phil Kenny Johnson could have easily made this where, okay, there's Superman, he's doing his things. And I'll still say that throughout all this, we ended up being not as enthusiastic in that right before this. He ended up getting a lot of lore. We wanted more of what was going on with OMAC, with Light Ray. You didn't know what was happening with some of the characters. She's freaking now the Black Razor. We have the Omac Omac from the Tangent Universe along. Like, I want to know more about these characters and what else is going on with the rebel, like the authority figures. I say authority figures. That feels weird. But the authority team that Superman came here with, we're not dealing with them assholes at all. No, we're not. I, I wish that we did have that before. I don't know how things worked out, whatnot, but... I was really worried Superman that what this was going to be. Issue. I hope the authority does too. I, that doesn't say shit about them. I really was worried Superman was just going to go. And now getting this dagger might be what I'm saying, but at least there is a little, you know, caveat to it. Now he has to give it over or these kids die. But even so, I thought all this was going to be, hey, we got to get down below the Genesis fragment. Okay, I got my powers back. Let's go kick ass. And then we are just going to end. It's not quite like that. It ends up being more 
of a test for Superman than I actually thought it would end up being, which I like, and I like seeing Superman actually complete the thing. And one of the things Philip Kennedy Johnson does, and you said it, he uses his wits. I'm telling you, if you want to stop me, if I'm not, my name is not so Superman, and I'm going and they start telling riddles. It's not the riddle that's going to get me. It's the time I need to concentrate on the rock. <laughs> like, I don't even know what these riddles are. What are they, Superman? I'm like, all right, he got it. But even though that was kind of a cool way to lead into this, you know, girl spirit, he ends up saying, but it was cool. I, I really like that part. And then we end up having a backup that people seem to really love only because you get a bunch of characters well, no, in it. The idea of the Super League that we get here with, you know, Supergirl, Connor Kent, John Kent, Steel, uh, like Keenan Kong, and I think and and Steel. That's amazing. Having them all together to take on Conway, it just all falls flat. They still you have, have to have a story, though. You have right? these characters all here to take on Conway, who hasn't been around since you know Superman came back from the fucking life, you know, thirty years ago almost at this point. So the idea that you have Conway back for the first time because Amanda Waller sprung him to go and steal the Genesis fragment for her, when you have this idea where. They try to tie it in out of nowhere where she's off world talking to kind of, I need an expression, can't do it. And I'm off world. And she's already doing Earth 3 stuff. But like, at what point did she go there from springing conduit? But ultimately, it just becomes this thing where they take on Conduit with his kryptonite blast. So it's not really going to affect everybody here. And it's just, we, we corrupt the Genesis fragment, steel hits it, and we destroy the Genesis fragment. Oh, shucks, we needed that because Thal Law is going to need that to live. Yeah, what is Thal Law going to do? I needed to make sure that everybody was okay. And that's what Superman would have done. And you know what else Superman do? He'd find a way, just like us, team. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, if, if, unless everybody is, has close ups in this, you can barely see their faces. So in my mind, the art's not even that great. The whole idea of this gimmick, of this backup, had serves nothing. So for some reason, we got to get rid of this Genesis piece that's on Earth, even before we understand what a Genesis piece really is. But we're going to get some super people together and we're bringing Conduit back, whether it makes sense or not. He's coming. What does that mean, Conduit? Oh, you're going to see. I'm like, when am I going to see? Is this for the next story next issue? Or is this going to be in a backup in the dudes. annual next week? Yeah, I think it's a backup. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's when it comes back or whatnot. You're right there. Uh, in that, though, yeah, it's weird play. And it, the Genesis fragment already in this almost feels like the, you know, dark matter element X yeah. in the Harley oh, deal. Yeah. It's like such a side item now. It shouldn't really make sense. And then you have this. But yeah, when, when Steele's trying to explain himself, he's like, listen, I had to save Conduit first because, you know, everybody lives. But, you know, that's how long. Oh, well, we'll have to figure that out. I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, so at some point, you have to make a decision of who might be better to have live. But they end up saving Kondo. First, you know that they'll end up doing something to save Thala. But yeah, the art got very cartoony and got a little wacky in that. I do like the idea, though, when you end up seeing Supergirl in this. Not that I love that Tom King book, but they seem to go with that Bilkless Evely look oh, yeah. that I really do like. I think it's pretty cool. So I do like that. But at this but point, I like when, this when Amanda Waller says, Mr. Braverman, it's over. We can't extract you. He rips his conduit suit off so he can grab the piece of Genesis with his bare hands, where he then gets overpowered. Almost looks like when, like, uh, Star-Lord grabs it in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and, like, this goes all, like, nuclear like that. And even Supergirl says, his cells are overloading. And the Superboy's like, get the fragment from him before he disintegrates. And at that point in time, con like, uh, Steel says, conduit, drop the fragment. And he's like, it's not what you think it has irons. You don't know what you've done. We break it. We break the Genesis fragment at that point. And then it's just, he passes out. He's like, he's awake now. He sees us. He's coming. And I'm like, 
the hell are we doing with this Genesis fragment? Are we talk about Olgrim because it all seemed like it stemmed from the idea that this Genesis fragment, and everything with it, stemmed from the core of Warworld. So what are we waking up now? Because it was the idea of Genesis. I would think is again, it seemed like it, it, at one point it was a part of the Source Wall, but from what we're talking about with the Olgrim and where this stuff comes from at the center of Warworld, it seems like it's something else entirely. But when we're we going to get to that hallucination, I was going to say hallucination, but that like a uh, hologram light show that Superman saw inside that dinosaur that said light ray is with a symbol. Holy crap, Eric. Nobody's seeing that. Yeah, nobody remembers that. They DC just they they are pretty good, actually, at just forgetting things. A man turned into a dinosaur, a kaiju water monster that Superman flew inside of. Inside was made of this Genesis piece that gave a laser light show that said light ray is. And we saw this weird, like, you know, uh kingdom come superman symbol that he then wore in superman and the authority and i'm like where does this fit in yeah what happened i just like in here con keenan's just getting the shit kicked out of him too you get to see him though so that's cool but yeah most of the things that i saw when people were talking about it they really said that this backup even elevated their score up because it actually took my score the, down it's the super it's the super family we never get to see that and this is awesome that's fine, but you need a story. You need something to make sense, and the art was You just brought the super team together to grab something that we don't fully understand from a character that we don't understand why he's back. He's just back to be a freaking foil. For you have them over, and they're in War World now busting chops with, with Superman, then I'm getting excited. Exactly, but. and I'm th- it doesn't do anything for me. So now we're just back to square one before we even had these backups where we got Steel involved with the Genesis Fragment. The only thing is, we just now don't have a Genesis Fragment, and I don't know what that is. I think those kids will end up doing something. They're going to freaking body yeah, gonna slam Mongol. And inspire truth and justice. How about if those kids end up beating Mongol? That's like the play there. Oh, it'd be the best. But... With all that, what'd you give this? I am to give this a 7.8 out of 10. I love the art in the first story, and I thought this first story is really good, even though we do a lot of like, you know, here's a test, here's a test kind of situation. I'm telling you, it was done very well. It's just that backup really just took my score down for how I thought about the book overall, because it is tying in with what's going on currently on Earth while Superman is in World War with the Genesis Fragment. It just went nowhere, and I have no idea why it was there, except for adding an extra dollar to the price tag. Like 7.8 out of 10. I'm going to go 8. I'm going to go 8 out of 10. I really like that. And we finally got something where somebody understands that Superman's powers don't make Superman super. It's that he ends up and it's been hinted at. And he's trying to do that the whole time. But it always ended up feeling forced and a little bit corny. This actually felt like Superman's like, okay, enough of this corny shit. I got to get shit done. And goes and does it. Uses his smarts because he's a smart guy. And then ends up, even when he saves the, the shade, the spirit. It's not even as if he had time to think. That was just his reaction. That's him being Superman. super, and I thought that was cool. And he would have died. It just ends up that was the test. And when any time you say out of nowhere, that was the test, you're going to get points from me because it makes me giggle every single time. Uh, so, yeah, and the art, I really did like. So with all of that, Only yeah. Only in the story, not to back up. With that, though, we'll, we'll stop this section of books, and we'll go off to some mail. Mail, check out what you got now. And it's time for the mail. And if you want to be part of the mail section of the podcast, like Luis with his question of the week, you all just have to email us. You email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. That is the rule. One rule, Eric Shea. Puts his foot down with that one. Here's Luis. Hello, Jim, Eric, and the crew who puts the other groups to shame the Get Fresh crew. Boop. Beep, boop. We all know you guys don't do interviews because some people can't take honesty very well. 
fact, what he's saying is we don't do interviews because people don't want to do interviews with us because we are honest with our reviews. We have never asked anybody. So one person, Kyle Higgins, he was supposed to do it, and then he bailed on us. We've never really asked anybody since because me and Eric don't want to talk to people anyway. That's the thing. It's not the idea that he can't handle the truth. I'm a very awkward person, and the idea of sitting down and like talking to people, it feels very cringe to me, and I don't want to have that feeling. But I have interviewed Sean Gaborn, the writer of Action Comics who did the Puppet Master series, and I was talking about that in one of my groups uh, earlier this week because I forgot I did that. And that was some fun, but that was not like a one-on-one thing. It was more of like, hey, I'm going to email you some questions. Please email me back. I have all those five questions with. I never talked to anybody. I end up emailing them and they email back and that's for the site. That's that's the deal with that. But having somebody on the podcast, I don't want anybody on the podcast. I don't want to interview anybody. That's that's the whole thing. It's not that we've tried. We won't and we don't and we never will. But that's it. I mean, it's it's nice to think that we can sit there. Yep, they won't do it because of this. Uh, who knows? They probably wouldn't anyway. If you could interview any crowd, and that's the, the problem with this question. I don't have an answer. I actually don't have an answer for this, but you probably will. If you can interview any creator from comic book or movies, dead or alive, who would you interview? And that is the question of the week. Do you have anybody you'd want to interview? The thing is, because I don't want to talk to anybody about this. I don't either. Because I don't want to come off looking like an asshole fanboy or anything like this. And I also don't want to make it like, wow, it's great having you here. This amazing man in front of me, like putting on those airs of like this weird superiority that I get to sit in the presence of this person and ask them a question. It really weirds me out. And I don't want to be that guy. So if you have maybe like a one-on-one where we can have sit down and have a beer because we grew up together and we're old friends, that kind of interactions I can go with. But the other things just always feel weird to me. Even when I hear them on different things, whether it's a podcast, I TV hate show, or radio, podcast. it always seems weird to me for how they interact with everybody. Cause everything's the, the funniest thing you ever heard this person said. And they weren't even joking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, now that was a joke, Eric, and I love I, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't like interview podcasts. People will always send me links like, oh, man, you got to hear what Joshua Williamson says here. I'll never listen. I, I'm just letting everybody know if I have said in the past, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I was straight up lying and didn't want to get people mad at me because I hate interview podcasts because, number one, it's not even what you're just saying. And this is something that I got in a fight with Jay from Canada. Jay from Canada, would, and he's the one who would send them to me. I would say, oh, man, that writer doesn't seem that inspired to do this story, right? That's just me going and thinking that's how it seems to me. Vendetta. And then he'll end up, no, it'll just be I'm anything. Joking. And then he'll end up sending me this thing. Oh, well, listen to this. He says this is his favorite story he ever did. Well, I heard a certain writer say that every damn story. You would end up hearing interviews with this guy. Every story he ended up doing, right, is the best story this guy has ever written and all this. And it just ends up, well, when when is the shitty story that you did? Because I've read some of these and a lot of them suck. So it, it's that. I just, I don't like the phoniness of these interviews and I just can't stand them. So if I had to think Mario Lemieux, that's who I'd like to interview. But again, you made that joke about fanboying. Just imagine, I mean, you don't have to imagine because if I interviewed the person I really would want, and I don't want to interview them. I want to talk to them. That's like you said. I'd like to talk to Paul McCartney. I'm only going to be Chris Farley. I'm exactly. only just going to be sitting there. I, I like, remember when you did oh, this. That's awesome, that's man. Awesome. <laughs> I'd like to talk to him and just say like, what, what do you eat for breakfast this morning there, Paul? What's up? Do, do you get diarrhea? Like, I want that stuff, right? That'd be cool. No, if Paul McCartney got diarrhea, he has to, right? He's a, he's a man. I don't know, but there's nobody. <laughs> comic, with you. <laughs> there's nobody comic book wise that I would even care to even tell. Like, what would you talk to them about? It, it would be the same. It would be like, hey, 
how'd you come up with that idea for that character? <laughs> well, I ended up, I was uh, sleeping and I woke up one night and I, awesome. And all the stuff that you want to know, the real dirt of something, they're not going to freaking throw anybody under the bus or themselves under the bus. So it's because like, it's phony. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's what I, that's what I said to Jay from Canada. Uh, give me the surface level answers to whatever you're promoting exactly. right now. Like, again, Jay from Canada would end up sending me these messages and like, you got to listen to said writer here. Because he said he's like comics since he was 12. I want somebody to come on and be a real bitch and want to dish that's out all I the said. gossip. I said, I mean, there's Rob Liefeld. You know, that's why he has a podcast that's very interesting. You may hate him, but it's interesting because he doesn't play by that mode. He has he has fuck you money that he could just throw at everybody. God, I want some fuck you money. I, I even say, yeah, I even said to Jay from Canada at the one point where he's like, and it was jo- it was a Joshua Williamson thing. And I said, I'm worried about I think it was when it was like he's going to be the guy who's going to do this next big event. And I wasn't throwing shit. I just said, I'm worried about that because he doesn't finish stories. Well, you know, that whole thing. And we're, we're liking what he's doing now. So that's cool. But he ended up you got to listen to this interview. He said that he's been reading comics since he was 12 and he's always loved comics. And I just responded, the fuck is he going to say? Man, I hate these comics. I want to get the fuck out. I didn't work for Jeffrey Thorne. (laughs) Yeah, really? I mean, that's true. So I just, I don't know. This this one kind of fell flat for, I'm sorry, Luis, if we upset you or anything, but. What are you talking about? I thought this man was done really well. Well, it really goes with that idea where you have to go with that, that why we don't have interviews or whatever. I'm sure that we could have at some point. We didn't. I mean, we could turn this email to that. The idea of it. Is that we didn't want hey, Jim, to what about think. when you interviewed Dan Cherkins? Yeah, yeah. When I said Dan, I was an idiot. I was uh, exactly. The, and again, that was just email. Again, we will never talk to people. We did. A, I'm saying you especially did a bunch of email interviews. Yeah, yeah. I ended up and yeah, I asked Dan Cherkins, hey, w- would you get that cool gig on the Booster Gold? He's like, yeah, I'm not talking to you. Asshole. I went but back again, and I didn't that know. Puppet Master interview with Sean Gabor, and I'm like, that was hilarious. That was a lot of fun to read. Yeah, I actually ended up with. Uh, like we did one of those. They're on the sites if you want to. Like Scott Snyder and people would Five get mad. With remember, dot dot dot. Remember how mad people would get because they're like they get to talk to Scott Snyder and the asshole asked him how many wings he could eat in one sitting. But that's the thing. In that, just as an aside, at one point we were thinking of maybe doing interviews. But I said to you, we're not doing this nonsense where we're like, hey, buddy, you know this thing's great and let's do that. One of the things that I was interested in is maybe going and getting one of the writers to actually go through the comics with us as we review it so they can maybe almost like a director's cut i think that's kind of cool and maybe just tell us what they thought there it was supposed to be that that'd be neat but also i said it has to be a game show and it has to be a, a bunch of nonsense nobody wanted to do it we ended well, yeah, up talking even the and they, idea where they come on and do a bit where they make fun of me nobody yeah, wants to look like an asshole so they're not going to do any of this stuff because they need to keep up a person like their reputation i said we were Scott Snyder was going to come on. And I said, well, how about this? You come on where I'm not going to tell Eric. I wasn't going to tell you. I was going to say, oh, my God, we have a guest host. You were going to come on, maybe even playing like, you know, who's that guy or whatever, where you'd have to try to do that. That'd be kind of fun. But as we could. But again, I'm so bad at that. And I'm thinking you might be as well. We'll never guess it. And the thing will go on for three hours. But even so, I wanted him to Scott Snyder said as a joke. Say that you're on there because you're mad at what he reviewed your Batman 44 and get mad. And he right away said, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this because I'll look like a jerk. I'm like, no, no, no. 
you'll look like a, a real guy. You'll look like somebody who's having fun. And then and then we can all laugh about it afterwards. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun and even have different things where you'd have, you know, little games and trinkets, <laughs> not trinkets, but games. Trinkets. Like, a, like a game show type deal. And nobody's Can't seen those game show trinkets. I'm telling you, in the deal where <laughs> one of my things that I wanted to have with the game show trinkets, plus I also was going to have a deal where we might quiz him on something. And if the quiz, if he wins, he have five questions. If he gets a majority of it, somebody in the Get Fresh crew wins a trade. I thought that'd be neat. But with the thing I wanted to go, and this was quite on the deal, with Scott Snyder, his last name Snyder, now that connects with D. Snyder, and he has to finish lyrics of Twisted Sister. I thought it'd be hilarious. And you know, nobody wanted to do that because he's like, I don't really know Twisted Sister. That's the joke. Oh, man. Nah, he's not going to take it anymore. No. Again, it, it, it might have it <laughs> fallen flat. <laughs> but I thought it would have been funny. I thought it would have been neat. Something different where you would end up like, oh, man, did you hear that? They were talking about eating chicken wings and then D. Snyder and Twisted Sister. Like, not just. Hey, tell us about this book going on there. Oh, I, this is my life's you say work, you're gonna and I love it. Yeah, well, we would have had all that. And then I would have played the thing. And then at that point, probably wouldn't have even had that. We might have even had wrong turn reciting the lyrics, and then he'd have to guess what song of <laughs> Twisted Sister was. It would have been great. Well, well, I just crunch away in the background on my Snyder's pan over pretzels. <laughs> I'm telling you, Everett, that's what it would be. And, you know, no. He didn't want to do it. Worst podcast ever. It would have been. It might have, and it might have been a complete disaster. But I wanted it to be something different, and that was going to be the weird. Science's weekly shit show. And then, um, what's it called? We did have Kyle Higgins, who was going to come on and do that that one bet that what Nightwing happened? book, Nightwing New Order, whatever that. Yeah, remember yeah, yeah. that First Order New Order. He was going to come in, and I said, would you like to come on, and we'll go through. Like I said, almost like a director's cut. Me and Eric will be talking about the issue with you, and you let us know. And if we have a problem, say, oh, why'd you do that? Maybe that can be resolved. Oh, I have to do that to fudge that. Whatever. It would have been cool. He was all for it, set up a time, all that going on. Ghosted. Never heard from him again. <laughs> and then he blocked us. I'm like, I don't know what happened. I said, Derek, I think he listened to the podcast. And yeah, ended up going. And, and again, it's a weird play. Because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And it, there is a danger, though, that if you have somebody on the podcast and then review their book the next week and actually like it, yeah, that you're afraid you're people are going to think that it's tainted. The funk. What happened with, we didn't even have interviews, but because I talked to Scott Snyder, we ended up having people like Brett, you know, dispatch, and you send an email where I flip out because he's like, you, somebody else should do it. He's your buddy. He's your boy. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You know what works, though? Sending in an email, like Eric said. No messages like those true crime. I don't know where they get their deal. It just seems like they don't spell out email, and they have all these chat rooms and stuff like our Slack. But with all of that, I guess we don't really have an answer, except I'd like to talk to Mario Lemieux and Paul McCartney. Maybe. Maybe Ringo. That's the thing Ringo's is, too, nice the idea guy. where, like, if I'm going to sit down and talk to somebody about something, it's like, they always tell you, don't meet your heroes. And I know behind the scenes, some people that I actually would really like to talk to, they've done some really shady shit in the background that I don't want to think about really ever because it's going to make me depressed. So I don't want to be there like, and really confront that issue head on. So I'm like, look, I'm, I'm happy not talking to anybody in my entire life. Yeah, it's not like one of those where I'm like, oh, my God. And, and again, like, when who I do you hear... want to talk to? Fuck, I, I want to use the self-checkout. I don't want to talk to anybody. When when people say like, oh, my God, like Bendis, who's on Word Bubble, I'm like, well, I know what I'm not listening to. I really don't care about either of those. 
And uh, one, though, I could get. I'll, I'll interview Kevin Smith for you and just say, what happened to you, dude? Like, what went wrong? It used to be cool. I'm That's not all listening to that. Yeah. No. I, again, I, I just, I don't know. And once you heard one of these guys talk their nonsense, usually there's not really any time that you get that much different or something off the cuff because you know, they just do their rounds and things like that. And the people who have podcasts aren't big enough to have people like, again, Howard Stern. You're going to go on his show, especially back in the day, even if you hated him. And then things might come out that you, you're kind of unprepared for and you end up letting something slip. That's not going to happen on a podcast like we have. Plus, it's not live. So whatever. But Luis, yeah, too. I'll, I'll interview you, Luis. That's who I want to know. This guy's off in Europe doing all these things too. Living people. the Luis, dream. Luis and Niels. The, the shit that Niels would probably be able to tell us, holy moly. I, I hear these tickled camps and the, the cuddle camps and stuff. I want to know all about those. That's why I, I don't. Niels. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think it scares you. Oh, my goodness. But that is the mail. So thank you, Luis, for, for the question of the week. I believe next week is something that we will be able to answer a little better. But with that, we are going to go back to... Our, uh... What's the, the that? Freaking pa- do we do mail during the Patreon only show? Well, that's the thing. We don't do mail, so it'll be the next time okay, on the regular. Sure. I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, honestly. I end up. I mean, Luis might let us. I seriously, in the background of all this, Luis, I believe has waiting like in the wings. In the freaking can ninety now. He sent three yesterday, I believe. I mean, there are a lot of you know back there in the wings. So maybe we could, but usually on our Patreon only, we don't because we want people, especially if it's somebody who's not on the Patreon, we yeah. want to be able to read their mail. And we also would want Luis's mail to be heard by, you know, the other three people that listen to the podcast and the deal there, Eric. But yeah, so email us at Weird Science. And if you do want to email us this week, we'll just save it off till the next week. Anyway, so it is Weird Science, DC Comics at gmail.com. All that's in the show notes. That's it. That's the mail. I'll interview you, Eric. But here we go back to three books to finish up the podcast. Oh, yes, Eric, you've read comics most of your life, just as you would say if you were on an interview on a podcast. You'd probably say that to somebody, well, right? I was asked. That is true. I don't know why that. I didn't How read long all of my have life. Have you been watching? Uh, you're like, well, most of it, though. Uh, and so that is full out continuity in that song. That's all I ever want to say about that song. Everything but the rest works isn't out. continuity. Uh, I think it is. It uh, must be Eric Shea Reborns. We end up here where we have three books left. Two of the books always go together, as we always say. Robin and Deathstroke Inc. But it works. What are we going to do now? Robin's ending. Even Slade's son, Respawn, is the brother of Damian Wayne. Yep. And the idea, though, it's ending. But you know, we get the Batman and the Robins, the Batman, the Batman versus, versus the Robins, Robins and things like that with that. Which hopefully by the end of that six issues, we jumpstart back into a Robin number 18. 
That that would be something, but I don't think that's happening, especially the way this is ending and the way that the sales have been at the end of this run. But that might just have been maybe you just need a number one to kickstart it with a Not new Robin. But I end up thinking, well, no, if you're just going to go to 18, then forget it, because it's never going to go up as from 17 to 18. So I think that that would be a bad play. But who knows? We'll see. It would have to come out after November. We still have six months to go for Batman versus no, Robin. It just ends up. I don't think that I actually will have to look at the end. I can't remember how long that is. I think it's a weird number of issues, actually. But we'll have to check that at the deal. But again, usually what happens with books and me and Simon were talking about that when we used to talk about the sales. You're never going to actually get uh, go up maybe a bit for a new creative team. But it's mostly number ones that will end up shooting it up. And that's why Marvel gives you 17 each week. But with that, what are we starting with, Eric? Robin, number 17, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Roger Cruz, Norm Ratman, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. And as we're talking about, this is the finale of the Robin series. And with that, we have to get down to the meat of everything that's been on the table so far about what the mysteries are of Lazarus Island, Damian Wayne and his friends, and what's Mother Soul and Lord Deathman up to. And really... You're not going to get any of that. You're going to have some fun in the sun with Damien and his friends on the Lazarus Island. But for as far as you're concerned with Mother Soul, the the grandmother, the great-grandmother of Damien Wayne, and what she wants with the Lord Deathman, it all just comes back down to the idea that Lord Deathman had the heart of Damien Wayne. And for some reason, Mother Soul wants it because the demon Nezha told her, oh yeah, the demon Nezha told her a long time ago she's going to need it for something. But that's the end of our story right there. Even the idea that you have Lord Deathman who came to the island as a big old ruse to Robin, like, oh, Flatline, she's crazy in Japan. You got to go over there. Like, how long did it take Damien and Connor to get to Japan from last time? Like, I don't know how close it is. I don't think it's that close. But what did he do in that time? Like, well, all right, they're gone. I'm going to go smooch with Mother's soul. Be pissed he off. He was smooching. But then she has other plans. Like, you said you were going to level me up. And then, I'm get, then I get angry when I'm reading because... I don't want to have to take Lazarus Resin ever again. I'm like, one thing, you don't have to because you're Lord Deathman. You'll just resurrect. And two, Lazarus Resin was just a thing now. I, I wish people would stop talking about Lazarus. And I hope after Task Force Z, it's never brought up again. Well, I, I don't think it will be. I think that's something that we'll actually get away from everything. It, it was weird, too, because we end up having that in in my mind. Megan Fitzmartin went heavy on that Tim Drake deal in Tim the Drake future Robin state. Immortal? Yeah, and Robin Immortal. And then... All of a sudden, we're like, oh, that's weird. Uh, what is that? Because at one point, it looked like it was greasing up the robots. We, we got to put that Lazarus resident in the cybers. Remember, we're like, like what's the going robots? on? The cybers, the robots. And the, oh, my goodness. So then it started popping Some up. Another heavy book duty shit. became the big thing in Task Force C, but yet. And also Suicide Squad. We don't really know exactly what it is. So if you ended up playing this, and it would have been cool if you end up where you have somebody like a Solomon Grundy or you have something like a Lord Deathman. Where because they're already kind of the living dead, you'd end up where that upgrades them, that you end up doing that. And that's almost like an upgrade. They end up almost like a venom. They could use it as. But you never did this. So it's weird. It's It ends up where he says, oh, I don't want to keep, you know, taking the Lazarus resin. If this was explained that these type of characters take it so they can kind of bulk up and go. Then he's just saying, well, I want the upgrade you promised me because I don't want to keep taking that stuff. But they never did it. So it doesn't make sense. The Lazarus pits to make sure that they're everywhere that you want to be. Anybody can come back to life. But when you bring Lazarus resin out of it, like we don't have to worry about the pits anymore. So we don't have to keep sullying their good name. Now we just have the ascent, the equivalent of pills that people will take and they can come back. So what you are doing then you're saying, oh, like normal, but even to a more extreme matter. 
death doesn't matter in comic books. Yeah, and even went to the point where we can control you with a little bit of it, but if we give you too much, you come back to life and all that. It never really oh, was explained. Convoluted. And the funny thing is, if you are, Poor you know, clever. maybe maybe now it's an old school baseball thing, but what it reminded me of is when Barry Bonds was accused of taking steroids and he said oh no no i take the clean and the clear and the one was like some rub away it was steroids they just didn't tell him the name so that he didn't perjure himself when he'd get on the stand but that's what this all reminds me of it's just coming back to life steroids i like to imagine it's like when i was a kid and i told my mother that i didn't like bologna and she said well this isn't bologna it's bologna and i ate it and loved it there you go (laughs) You know what I mean? But it is like one of those where, say you ended up and you weren't supposed to eat Pizza Hut pizza on the weekend, and you ate Domino's, and your mom says, did you eat Pizza Hut pizza? Nope. You're like, nope, I didn't. And you're not lying, because no, it wasn't. It was just lame. Uh, But yeah, with this whole, you know, it it was a weird play. When you end up getting smooching Lord Deathman, I didn't mind it. You got no whips. Some I know at one point at one point she's using tongue, but it looks like she's licking teeth. And that really threw me off there. But just plaque on her tongue. It's gross. She's she's a little sus. You know, I mean, she isn't great. But even then, where she she a little sus or the idea like, did you bring it after smooching? And he's just about to, you know, it, baby. (laughs) Oh, Lord, death. I like him with that. It's that weird veer over to that. I do like the over the top Lord death man. But. The idea where you are getting this heart that's for the devil Nezha. This is big stuff it's that we are dealing with. That's what I, I paused before. Yeah, devil. and we keep end up dealing with that in the world's finest. This is what's setting up the Batman versus Robin book coming up. And I don't know that you need to add that extra thing in. I just wanted the idea because that seems now that there's going to be something to do with this heart, the demon's heart. But we don't think it is. That should probably be respawns heart but i don't know it's got to be the gigantic swerve for everything that we had for this book leading into the shadow war the idea of respawn being the genetically engineered son of deathstroke and tayago who was made to pretty much be an organ donor for damian wayne because he was you know had the healing factor of his father so he could always just heal these parts back he was just the ever like you know he, they were just farming organs for damian so the idea that damian through all those years of training for the league of assassins he would get damaged and the idea at one point was when Flatline took his heart up, I'm guessing we talked about it. You know, oh, that's probably like uh, Respawn's heart. So we have this situation like when Lord Deathman got the heart. Oh, man, he thinks he's going to control Damian Wayne, but he's actually going to control Respawn. And then Respawn died very unceremoniously. But in the background, he's been haunting Damian Wayne's mind. And in this issue, he's actually haunting the jungles as <laughs> a zombie like Respawn. The jungle Boys. And it ends up feeling like at this point, Mother Soul, to fulfill this prophecy, to do this thing, the devil Nezha needs this demon's heart. But it's to go called the and demon's heart. On. And it seems to be an idea that they, like, you know, Mother Soul was told in prophecy from the devil Nezha that she needs this to fulfill something with the devil Nezha. So the idea, though, with Respawn still being technically the son of Talia, it's still the demon's heart. I know. And I think that it doesn't affect the things, but by the end, there might still be that idea. The idea of being, and we thought the control thing would be, oh my God, Lord Deathman. He's going to use it in some sort of would you, would you magic. Would you, I have your you? heart. I control you. Go, Instead, he doesn't realize his heart's controlled I'm a DJ. by the flat lines. But I think that maybe at some point there will be that big moment in the Batman versus Robin where if it was actually Damien's heart, it would have something bigger to do with Damien. But now, you'll, oh, why didn't that work? Whatever. We'll have to see. They may even just say that's complicated. That's got to be the big swerve of our Batman versus Robin book or whatever comes after that with this. 
Yeah, and when we say all this, you actually did see, and they almost even said his heart was being removed at one point. Respawn's heart to give to Damien. Yeah. Even though I'm like, what the hell did they do to poor Damien that he needs a freaking heart transplant? Sword Holy moly. It. And, uh, but then again, I'm like, why didn't you just throw him in the Lazarus pit? You have a lot of crazy things with these Al Ghouls, but that was why he was around. He was an organ donor. And it's funny, too, because on his license, it says no. He didn't want to be an organ donor, but those bastards. See, Al Ghouls, you're so bad. I didn't mind this, though. Well, the thing is, what, what I just talked about, the ultimate deal of our story, though, is, all right, Lord Deathman wants to be leveled up. He doesn't want to take Lazarus anymore, which is bullshit. And then Mother Soul just uses her Lazarus magic to turn him into a... <laughs> To a hulking Lord Deathman, who Damien and his friends then take out, and Damien finishes with the freaking dim mock heart removing technique. Yeah, he does. He takes the heart. His girlfriend taught him, but don't call her your girlfriend because she doesn't like that. It's at the beginning. I swear to God, they're too young, but it's hey, who are you, Damien's son, killer, lover, Eric? But you can't say that because they're little kids, so it's Damien. I'm like son, killer, Damien. (laughs) What? What? And then it's the ghost Alfred. Do you even know? I think he's a zombie now, Eric. I think he's full out zombie. Why is he he's a zombie? There. Why would he's he be a zombie? He's there with the respawn. They're going. Uh, he's not even buried here. And there are respawn. hints of weird <laughs> things coming up, uh, which we'll see, you know, might end up being pretty cool. But you end up all this stuff with, you know, Lord Deathman. He's kind of outworn his welcome. That's the problem with Lord Deathman. He's funny, but not. You can't take them too long, right? In Damien's dreams, when he was like dreaming about the, or having the nightmare about respawn and what he has to do and stuff like that, he was a zombie respawn. When we do see him in the woods of Lazarus Island right now, he is just regular respawn. He does not look like a hideous zombie, and it actually looks like he's physically there. Yeah, it looks like he's physically there and went back and got his outfit and stuff like that, right? Except for that one arm. It looks like he only has one arm, but it looks like it's behind a bush, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I like Lord Deathman. Like I said, you can't get too much. It's like when you eat, like, apples or, like, you know, fruit. What the hell is wrong with you? A couple bites, that's fine, but you don't want to go too far. Like cereal. What I usually wash that down with is, like, cotton candy. Now, you can go to town on that. I eat, like, a box and a half in, like, three days. <laughs> of cotton candy. No, no, cereal. No. I had a problem this week. Eric, I told you just, I think, yesterday, maybe the day before, that I ended up getting Apple Jacks. Yeah, but they don't taste like apple. Yeah, there's a couple things that I will along the line. That Butterfingers, I'll say after Stop three it. years. No, I end up like. You know, they're not good. Maybe my taste buds have evolved here, and I'll like the Apple Jacks. So I get a box of Apple Jacks. It's a family size box, too. I end up, I eat one bowl, I'm like, man, there's no apples in this. What's going on here? It's all cinnamon. That's all it tastes like. So I ended up eating the whole box in a day. I didn't even like it. I just ate it. I, I At the end, I felt so ashamed of myself. I didn't like one one spoonful I didn't I had like. two or three bowls of Halloween Captain Crunch last night, and I had another two bowls today, this morning. I have a problem, and I was ashamed of myself. I got to go out and buy more milk now, and I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going, and really, here's the thing. I only drink almond milk eric Me like too. you we're fancy fellas right so we end up taking no, that cow milk hurts my stomach now because i don't drink regular milk logan does logan is working out he's at that point of it's always funny when you have a younger kid and he starts working out he's lifting weights where they're so obsessed with gaining weight and then you're thinking like in 30 years you I, i've never that, had that right? i've always been a fat kid yeah he ends up well he wants to gain muscle but he's you know going so he ends up buying milk or he at least asked me to get it but we have whole milk which i haven't had whole milk actually i've in a never long, had whole long milk. time so we only have whole milk. 
And so I'm even eating that with the whole milk. I'm gone because the, the almond milk just doesn't work for me with the cereal. I just can't. Have do you it tried there. it really? Or are you still just not, are you saying you can't do it? It's actually delicious. I had the problem too, but it's actually delicious. Do you have just plain almond milk? I've got the vanilla almond milk. Is yours vanilla flavored? Does it have sugar in it? Is, or is it is no usually, sugar? I used to get the vanilla unsweetened, but it's vanilla and it's just a regular with the sugar, I believe. I have vanilla unsweetened and yeah. I'm afraid that that's not going to taste be fun. that great be with good. it. I don't know. I end up putting it in my coffee and it like fights me. I'm like, you go in there, almond milk. You better stir in there. It, it fights me the whole time, Eric. It does not want to combine in with my coffee and I get angry at it and I yell at the almond milk. The only problem I have had with this is that my uh, my crunch berries that are shaped like ghosts are supposed to turn my Halloween Captain Crunch milk green. But I think because of it's the almond milk, it only like it's a small little tinge of it. That or I eat the cereal too damn fast. I'm not sure. A couple weeks ago, Rafe had gotten oops all berries and he had that blue purple shit. And he was all freaking out. I'm like, listen, son, I finally had something that I can say, listen, son, come here. We've all been there. I said, it's okay. You're dying. And then I sent him off because I wanted the hoops all berries. <laughs> one of my favorites. It's the best. At this moment right now, uh, and we talked about cereal a lot before. We haven't in a while, but still my two favorites are, well, three favorites are Rice Krispie Treats, Oops All Berries, and the Fruit Loops with Marshmallows. Those are my favorite three cereals. Apple Jacks is nonsense, not on it. I, I hate those things. And I don't, as a, just a point of just contention or me just being this, I don't like the cinnamon toast crunch because people who smoke pot like it. And I don't like it, Eric. I'm not <sighs> down with that. I'm not a druggie. You. No druggie. I don't need that. That's why I barely go to Taco Bell. Actually, I go to Taco Bell quite often. But with all this, Eric, we get back to that where, it, in, in fact, like you said, it, does this Lord Deathman, and the problem I have with this Lazarus Resin mention actually is the idea that a lot of people don't know Lord Deathman. They don't know what he's about. I mean, it kind of is in the name. I yeah. love and And seriously, you want to talk about not getting enough of Lord Deathman a bit? When he says that he thought that Mother's soul was going to be, you know, Lady Death Woman. Now I'm loving it. Like, it's the idea. You're going to be Queen Death Woman. I'm like, really? This is what you were thinking of? I'm like, that's pretty funny. And gets jealous of the devil mess because she's like, I have this heart. If you're trying to make me jealous, it's working. It's Skeletor. Uh, but overall, this is just to get out of this book and then go into I'm you, that's the, the whole thing. We got Robin. Flatline back to because like, hey, Lord Deathman says you're bad. Well, I'm not. Oh, no, we got to get back to Lord Deathman. We get back. Oh, my God, he's a monster. Dim mock heart removal. Okay, guys, what do you want to do now? Let's have beach time. Then we have a photo montage where then, you know, Flatline photo says, montage hey, look, cool. we need to hang out some more, but don't tell people you're, you're, I'm your girlfriend because we're not quite there yet. Hey, what are you going to do now? And for some reason, even though look previously that everybody is going to stay on the island and they were building new villages and shit, it seemed like everybody's leaving on a freaking boat. All right, goodbye, Lazarus Island. And Damien's left by himself to figure out what he's going to do next when he's going to like, you know, Looks like he's going to contemplate and discover the devil Nezha's tomb while he doesn't know there's great grandmothers on the island as well with what could be his heart. But everybody just leaves Damien to go off on his own, even though it looked like everybody was staying on Lazarus Island for good. But everybody's doing their own thing. We just have to wrap this up. And the way we wrap this up feels very, I don't know, even though you have a photo montage, like that feels like the it came like a shoehorn in the book to give you the feels, which I did. But like this ending was not a non-ending and maybe it's supposed to be a non-ending just because it is continuing in Batman v, uh, versus Robin. And I just don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this because even the Lord Deathman stuff, I was all about it because of the flatline stuff, how fun Lord Deathman is. And 
at this point in time, even like Mother Soul, like Damien doesn't know that Talia put me back on this island. I'm like, why wouldn't he know that? Why didn't she say anything? You know, he's been here this whole time. Yeah. The, the play of this, the book gets canceled. You end up having it go. And then the story comes out of this into the Batman versus Robin. I, I must said Batman be Superman when I was talking. <laughs> yeah. And I think that they were just like, OK, you got to end this. The book itself has always just been about the characters. We talked about this before. If you think if you're out there listening and you thought that that tournament was really hard hitting, I, you know, it really wasn't. He ended up that tournament was just there to get the characters. But once we ended up having these characters together, pretty cool. And we really did like them. So I was OK with this enough. It's it's one of those like victory lap deals as we get. Yeah. And you end up where I get a couple things that I always chuckle about. Once again, I could think of those pictures as being that one day, like in the Naked Gun date. They're doing a lot of stuff in that day. And I thought, oh, that's Where did cool. Damien get that Batman symboled surfboard at? I don't know. He had it. The, the thing that makes me laugh the most is you end up having them pull in and you end up having Flatline in that skull-based, you know, pretty much yacht, right? She the, has the, that. The Lord Deathman yacht? Yeah. <laughs> she's taking the Lord Deathman yacht over. They also have... Lord Deathman's ski deuce. The guy is decked out. Branding is king. I mean, they weren't going to leave, but then they're like, hey, everybody, we're taking the, the skull yacht out of here. What, the ski deuce too? Yep, the ski I'm coming with you. I, I'd just go with them. Now we're just going around ski doing all over Flatline the place. Flatline brings the fun time. I mean, that's it. The party goes with Flatline when they go, hey, Damien, what are you going to do if you stay? Like, if I stay with you, what are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe explore and read some manga. Yeah, flatline, wait up. You're running. Like, oh, my God. I'm swimming out to that fucking yacht as it's going. I'm leaving with them. Uh, even then, you do get that finale deal of that manga. I wish it played out a little better. It's nice enough. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's a really great manga. See, I'm just trying nonsense. to look at the idea because we know that like Lazarus Island is another island close to Lazarus Island, right? So we have these things that are close. And Corto Maltese is in South America on the western side. But we were in Japan. Did we take the gigantic Lord Deathman yacht from Japan? That thing boom tubes its ass out there. I, I don't say, know. Like, I how don't much know. time did we spend away from the island? How, did, like, how long did it take Connor and Damien to get there in the first place? <laughs> they just got there. They were in Japan. You end up where when that thing pulls out, though, and I'm like, pretty cool. Look at those skull and crossbones there. You don't even need a flag up there. You're, you have it all. You're on Front Street, right? I love the idea. Like, what do we put on the side, Lord Deathman? I don't know. Put two bones. Like, look at, why would you just put that on the side? It looks like he's eating ribs and that's what's left over. What a bunch of nonsense. But they had ski deuce. I'm looking at those ski I'm like, those are the coolest looking things ever. It looks like you could have a gang and go after people and take them down there. That'd be awesome. But Sounds like a trauma movie. It does. It, it, it does. It would be like one of those where you're stranded on the island. Beach body massacre. Uh, but overall, Damien is left to his own druthers. He's going to try to figure out himself. This is actually like Luis going through Europe. Right now, Damien is going to go through the woods. He's going to go and he's going to check out some caves, right? Hey, what's he's, this gigantic wall that's blocked up like it's hiding something in the Skull Mountain? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, like he's like, I think continued. this might not be good, but I think I'll do that. And then in the meantime, he's like, I'm remembering all my friends and all the people in my life, including that zombied up Alfred Pennyworth. Look at that guy. All zombied Look, he, up. He is the furthest one away from us. You just can't see the white. Like, that man's staring right at me. Talia, she looks pretty cool. 
It's zombie Alfred. It's full out of zombie. And don't forget sexy grandpa Rachel Go. R.I.P. This is the new K-pop group. You got them all here, Eric, right? You have it. You got zombie Alfred. Zombie Alfred, that's for all the zombie fans, right? So you got him there. But in that, I would sit there and look. I'm like, ooh, nobody likes Raish. You end up Talia's like turned her back to him and took two steps away. But he's the leader. Yeah, yeah right now, Talia, she's the visual. <laughs> yes, Eric, it works. Uh, but even that, it's a nice thing to say, hey, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. In a book that we think Joshua Williamson did a great job of defining what Damien is now. And yeah, he's still growing. I like that idea. It's a weird play, though, to see. And we have to wait to see what the Batman versus Damien, Batman versus Robin is, because I hope that it doesn't digress things. I hope that it doesn't pull it back, because this Damien has gotten to a point where he's like the best Damien we've had. And I'm saying like an evolved Damien, a guy who ends up getting his cousin and wants her in the fold, ends up where I don't see her at oh, the hold end. On. I'm sitting here, I'm like, gets his cousin. I'm like, what's going on? He's already ditching her. Like, she's not even there. I'm telling you, her ass is on that freaking skull and crossbone ship. Who wouldn't be? They line. got ski dudes. Can you imagine what's on what that ship? What did the demon's fist come here for? Now they're just leaving <laughs> with everybody. I don't I am a little pissed off at the end when Damien goes off to find himself and the whole like the vision quest behind him about who he really is and the people that make up who he is. Like like you said, Alfred, Batman, Talia, and Raish. And then the next row, you have his friends, John Kent, Flatline, Connor, Ravager, and Respawn. And below that, the Bat family Where's and his Jason? brothers and sisters, Nightwing, Tim Drake, Cassie Kane, and freaking Stephanie Brown. I'm like, Jason Todd is left out again. Jason Todd's left out. I mean, really, if you want to go, I, I know that he's not that close to her, but put Barbara in there as well. You really should. And uh, I agree. yeah, I love the idea. It's like, yeah, and that Catwoman, fuck that. <laughs> oh my God. She almost was in there, but she didn't get mommy. Like, I'm out of here. Uh, but yeah, where's Jason Todd? Poor it's Jason. So weird. Respawns there for crying out loud. No Jason Todd. Clay. So crazy. I mean, really? Really got zombie Alfred over there. Well, I'm going to say, I, Jason, I don't expect Jason Todd to be a big part of the story going forward, but Respawn, I do. But you'd end up like Jason could be right there behind him because he is kind of blocking that. You just see a little bit of the hood. Well, I'm going to go with what we're talking about for the TGIF with what's going to happen to Task Force Z, where everybody believes by the end that Jason Todd is dead. And that's why he's not here, because we've already grieved. We've moved on, even though Raish and Alfred are dead. By the way, still since we talked about that, what I really do want, and I put it in the title of the thing. Screw it. I want Randy Orton and the Outlaws. He's on the team as well. <laughs> Randy Orton's there with Jason. It'd be awesome. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that that might actually be a little bit of it because it is weird. But no, I'm saying though, but Raish is there and so is Alfred. Overall, what would you give this? Thing is, it's a fun book and it continues on the fun of the characters that made me love this book to begin with. The art looks great. It's just as a finale, what's supposed to be a finale, it doesn't feel like much. It just feels like something that's cobbled together just so we can move on to Batman versus Robin. Even the idea that this is just one issue that moves on to the next, even that feels like it falls a little flat for what it's trying to do. So I give it with that a 6.5 out of 10 still because I still love these characters. I love Damian Wayne and I had a lot of fun reading this, even though I thought the story was rather weak. Yeah, I, I was going to give it a 7.5. I'm going to go down to a 7 because now that I look at these pictures, all these people, there's not one person who's ashamed uh, and wearing their shirt in the ocean. So I'm kind of mad. You're just in a death tournament. You don't enter a death tournament when you're ashamed of your body. Can you imagine if you're there and you end up having, I don't know, some character and you're like, I, I wanted to go back and find, oh my God, that guy's wearing like, the shirt. Why do you just want like me, me or you there as freaking That's young kids part of a death tournament? Because even then, 
I wouldn't be wearing a t-shirt because I realized earlier that it rubs my nipples raw and I can't have that. They're sensitive. You would have, you wouldn't have went in the water. You would have been sitting there. I want Roundhouse there. Like he'd probably wear a shirt, right? He'd be there. I'd Don't be right with him. Roundhouse. I'm not fat. I said I wouldn't do it either. And then what is that? Like a big papaya that Damien's going to town? Like, look at that I'm going to say it's a skinned uh, pineapple. Look at that crazy thing. Yeah, it does look like that. But why wouldn't you take off the top? I don't get it. And it's like the idea, what, why is Flatline so like, holy crap, he can open his mouth big? Why is she like really like, holy crap? I don't Who know. eats a whole pineapple like that? I mean, That's that why. is very odd. It, it is really odd. He thinks it's corn on the cob. It's like, look at this. Look at me. I'm an asshole. And then he does it. Be pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Ah, uh, who's taking these pictures? Uh, but by the end, yeah, I'm going to go 7 out of Black 10. Swan. I like it a little more than you. I like, you know, again, I like this book for what it was, and you kind of get that. I wish, actually, we had more of the feels and more of the personal connection here. The Lord Deathman stuff kind of was... feels died when Respawn did. <laughs> well, it's, the thing is, the feels died with Respawn, but thank God they can come back with Lazarus Resin, right? <laughs> Doesn't that bring back the feels from the dead, Eric? Well, that's that what freaking, I heard. You know, dark, that's great darkness <laughs> yeah. mixed in with Lazarus Pits. Who knows what's going on? Here's the next book, Eric. Deathstroke, Inc., number 12, written by Ed Brisson. Art by Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini, and Steve Wands. We continue this Love year. One Soy book, and you end up... I, Again, I don't God, love I think it. it looks so good. I don't love it. In my mind, some of the things always look muddied up to me. It's such a weird play in something. And it is weird because I end up liking like a Kenneth Roqueford, which you don't like. And you, you wonder why. Why and is it that And those colors I, are really muted in that. And these are just freaking like the brights are bright and the freaking darks are dark. And it, lo- and it looks and they, they work so well together. I think this is muted colors as well. I don't find this book that as popping. That orange and that green pop out to me. I don't think it does. When I read it on my tablet, which most of the things pop, this doesn't pop. It feels like everything has like the orange and the blue and the blacks is all muted out to me. It's And I'm just well, saying. the blacks can be muted. It's, it's a weird play. Like, why? It's just something out of the blue. Like, why do I not like this as much as you do? And some people love it. Some people don't. It's just a weird play of what it is with taste and whatnot. But the art itself is good enough. But I I actually, how I realized what I thought about it is I got done reading it. And then I even said, oh, who's on art again? Oh, yeah, it's Dexter Say. Okay. I never once thought, like, man, this art's awesome or anything. I was just reading it. Nothing really popped in me. I really like the Robin art. A lot better well, no, than what like we to. get in this. But I also like more of a cartoony style than what the normal, you know, kind of, uh, you know, realistic feel. But in this, you end up having Deathstroke going through kind of this first mission here where he has to take out this guy. And man, does he fuck it up something Yeah, fierce. he's having some big problems. Thanks to Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow comes in to screw up his day and show him why he hates superheroes from here on out. Yeah, he ends up doing that, and you have some plays here, and you, you have some neat moments where Green Arrow shoots him and wants him to yell or rip out the arrow to get a trail of blood, Well, that's the whole thing, like too. That. Not even that. Like, they're in the dark, and Green Arrow hits him in the shoulder with an arrow, and Slade, knowing that he's in the dark, he wants me to rip this out and grunt so I give away my position, so I'm going to leave it in. And also, they talk about the whole idea, like, and it's not even played in, a, like, an over-the-top way about why you don't want to rip out an arrow, which I think most people are aware of, especially when you have a broadhead, that it does more damage coming out than it goes in. But I'm like, this, this fight and going through the idea of, like, Slade's mind as he confronts a superhero for the first time, even the idea where he gets a little cocky, like, if you're the city's protector, the city's fucked. But then, you know, Oliver comes back and overcomes the entire situation. I just really got weirded out because it's something that I periodically think about every couple of years where you have a superhero group like the Justice League, right? The world's finest, the, the greatest superheroes the world has ever known. And for some reason, yes, you have an archer on that, and it might be ridiculous to some gods that are on the team, but 
for a guy who is like all about truth and justice, who's a, the protector of a city, shooting people with arrows seems so violent to me and so it over does. the top. Because even when he's saving Slade from jumping over and he like and shoots him through the freaking back, through the chest, and Slade realizes this guy's real good. He made sure he missed anything that could kill me, including my heart. I'm like, he still shot an arrow through your body. I'm like, this is so violent. Like, for some reason, it bothers me when I think about Green Arrow, you know, fighting crime by shooting people with bows and arrows. I'm like, what's wrong with you, Oliver Queen? And even in that, there's a funny play because earlier in that Robin issue that we just talked about, they're like, hey, what is your dad doing? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go find out. Probably protesting one thing while throwing money at another. Oh, the hypocrisies of Oliver There's Queen. There's never like the mention of him. I don't know. He's probably shooting some guy with an arrow. That is something we should have talked about where Connor Hawk is going back to find what's up with his dad, which, you know, he might be upset that his dad took a freaking donkey punch, a rabbit punch from Doomsday, but let's, we'll find out what goes on sometimes. That's kind of a cool idea of him going back and it'll be like, oh no, not again. Daddy. And then Connor Hawk will be Green Arrow once again. Be coming forward, a new Green Arrow book starring Connor Hawk. Yeah, we'll see. People and again, people might like that better this time. It didn't sell great then, it but didn't. people do love Connor though. And no, no, the same people where it didn't sell before love Connor, and their half of them aren't reading comics the anymore. The weird play of that is the idea where some people might just they're on this island already of I don't want any you know people taking over and they'll be like I better be quiet I really want Connor but I'm not going to say it or whatnot because I liked Connor but I didn't like Connor's Green Arrow book very much when it was coming out is it that crazy and and here's just out of the blue all this it, this is such an easy thing people ended up liking that backup in action comics you didn't like it as much neither did I but people liked it because oh my god the super family we don't. You end up where Connor would certainly be loved if him, Emiko, were in a Green Arrow book with Oliver. That's what Green they have red. to do. They, the people love the, the Flash book, Flash Family. Why can't they get You get, it? You get freaking Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, Connor Hawk, Green Arrow, Red Arrow, Emiko, Queen. You get Black Canary and then Red Canary for who that's going to be with Sin going forward. And you have that whole family dynamic with those group of characters. My like, God damn, that's yeah, gangbusters that. right there. There's that gangbusters. Shazam family. That's what you want. Gangbusters, right? You end up with the Flash family. Superman we get that family. every now and Fat again, family. it doesn't work out well for me. <laughs> we haven't gotten that in a while. And they keep seeming to like, I don't know what we need. Well, Maybe we need an Aquaman family. Ah, screw that. We'll just throw Jackson Hyde out there. And then when you end up at the end, they try desperately. Oh, wait, here it is. Here's the, the Aquaman. It's too late. People have bailed. Why can't they give us those? They made Garth the lunch lady in Titans Academy. <laughs> Again, like they end up doing Poor it too Tempest. late. And I often think like it's the idea. Well, that Aquaman didn't work. That's why you don't have the family. No. no, that wasn't that either. <laughs> Come on. And then you have that even an Aquaman family. We're, we're, even, out there, we're even getting a black manna in the deal. Just do that. Just go and say at the end of this dark crisis, screw it. Now all it is is DC families. Boom. No generations families. Just have them all there. Honestly, and see what goes is, on. I, I'm telling you, if you put out a book called the Superman family book or the Bat family yeah. book, it would sell. Yeah, it would. Especially if you made sure that you're going to do something, but made sure that it's mostly about heart and feelings, it's all going to sell. People are going to fucking go crazy for that need. shit. Uh, yeah, do it. Uh, that's what they need to do. And, and you would love to have Connor in any book, right? But Which him Connor? with Oliver, Connor, Connor Hawk, Connor Hawk. Okay. With, and Connor, there, I, there you go. Connor Kent Where as well. else would you get Connor Kent? Get a Superman family book. That's They need to do it. It's such an easy thing to just say. All right, let's try to do that. Just give it a shot. Everybody, every every line has a family book with it, and it'll be pretty cool. Or pretty cool. Then we can get those flash family barbecues with the 
you know, with the animal man. <laughs> we could get all that off. He's so great. But back to this year, it just, I don't know. It just ended up. And even then, when did we like Deathstroke the most? It's Deathstroke year one, but it's Deathstroke family. What we liked the most about Christopher Priest stuff that we didn't love at all, but it was the family aspect of it that he ended up having even a surrogate family. And even in this, when he ends up getting Respawn, who we hated at first, we liked because he wanted them to respawn. be family. He wanted them to, that, that's all you need. That's all you need to do. Please, it's Grant not might that be difficult. dead, but we have Clay Wilson here to save the day. We got Special G. He's over there, right? And then the big play is Grant comes back after Dark <gasps> Crisis. And now there's a little bit of awkwardness. And he comes in and he pretends to punch him, almost like Kaneki does with John Travolta. But then he hugs him. That's it, Eric. I just solved it all. Imagine that. He like You think he's going to kill him, but then he loves him. Ah, uh, yes. But here we go. <laughs> Deathstroke's fighting Oliver. That's a lot of what this is. Uh, it's cool. You end up having in the minds of Slade, how he works, but you also get to see where uh, I don't know. A lot of times you don't really get the kick ass. I'm gonna, you know, really destroy some things, Oliver. Either you said it gets brutal with the arrows. Maybe that's why they don't as much. But usually he's the jokey guy. Well, I'm telling you, if this is Deathstroke year one, this is still very early on. Like even though it's you know Van Dyke wearing, you know, this I'm telling you, this could be a modern day Green Arrow, but it still feels it's supposed to be. An I early think it's Green, Green Arrow. Arrow year one point seven five. Is what you might have, right? Yeah, this, but he, he's obviously, he's already decided that Seattle's his city. He's going to protect it. I expected him to look more like the idea like we'd had for like a Golden Age or Silver Age Green Arrow that we had for like the Seven Soldiers of Victory. How like, you know, Jeff Johns tried to say with that summer special, how, oh yeah, that Golden Age Green Arrow stuff, that actually happened because at one point Green Arrow and Speedy got trapped back in time and joined the Seven Soldiers of Victory back in the Golden Age of Heroes. And then they came back. So that's why they're still there to try to make the continuity work. So I expect a younger Green Arrow here because it's Deathstroke year one. Because this is, you know, for what we have in like our present day, we're like, you know, 20, 20 some years advanced from this point in time for how old, you know, Joseph is or like Jericho and like Rose and stuff like that. So I expect to have a way younger looking Green Arrow to the point where he either looks like Silver Age stuff or he looks the way he did at the beginning of the New 52. Yeah, he's kind of just like a classic, like, hey, yeah. it's, it's It looks Oliver. like he could look what he got a fucking rabbit punched by Doomsday here. Exactly. Now, in that, I do believe that that type of facial hair, it will age your face a little, Eric. I would say that. You know what I mean? It's so but good. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the deal. I grew where, that out. I didn't wear it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's like me trying to wear leather chaps. Didn't work. I don't it's like that didn't work one's a way all. worse decision plus i kind of should have you know wiped my butt but you end up here where uh. oliver has slayed down i'm looking at the deal where he's like has him down in that water yelling understood he looks cool he looks bad ass there uh so there is some cool plays here and you end up seeing through this that slade isn't quite ready it's year one and as you go he doesn't want wintergreen to help he wants to make the shot. He wants to do this. But Wintergreen has to step in and save his ass. If it wasn't well, for Wintergreen, he'd be dead. We have a helicopter with a freaking Gatlin gun on top of it. He's going to kill Slade and anybody who comes for Dr. Campbell or any of his protectors right now. Because right now we have our team, usher, not our team, but like the, the FBI and stuff like that, ushering Dr. Campbell to the roof for a helicopter extraction because an assassin's come and he's already killed a lot of the people in charge of protecting him. So we got to get him out of here. And now like Slade is pinned down by Green Arrow and this helicopter with a minigun. So thankfully we have Wintergreen on another freaking uh, building with a sniper rifle who takes this guy out and anybody else. And he's like, you want me to take the shot so we can finish this and go home? He's like, this is my job. I'm going to finish it. But uh, this freaking thing, Slade is just so like, it, I, I wish this would have played out just a little bit differently because Slade is like, you know, he is the Terminator. He's a man who gets the job done for where we end this. Like, I don't know how it's going to play out in the next issue or anything like that. 
But when Slade is like pinned down by, you know, backup patrol come in with machine guns and stuff like that. And you also have Green Arrow and decides like, I'm not going to go down like this. I'm not going down like a little bitch and go to jail. And he jumps off the roof to end everything, gets an arrow through him and then cuts the arrow so Green Arrow can't save his life. And he hits, he's like, I'm guessing he's just hoping that his healing factor is going to kick in. But he ultimately, it feels like through his narration, he's going to go out on his own terms, fuck all of this stuff. But I'm like, it's your first job. I really wanted Deathstroke the Terminator here. Like really go through job. and rip through his first job. I wanted him the freaking, I wanted like, this, this to be the easy. thing that become, creates the urban legend of Deathstroke that ripples through the underworld. It would have been kind of cool where if we would have played this, maybe you meet Oliver the next couple issues down and Oliver has heard of him and then you end up having that and Slade, you get a win right away. But they kind of are. I don't know how many issues you have here. So they're going right to it because like Green Arrow is capable, but he takes out Slade way too easily. Yeah, in my I mind. think that I think that Ed Brisson is also playing this idea. First off that, you know, Deathstroke's going to have to work as a team. Him and Wintergreen are going to be a team, you know, Isherwood even and all this stuff that it's not just him, you're a team, but also the idea that he's willing to say, instead of losing here, going, I'd rather die, even though he does have a lot to live for and maybe even more because we end up seeing Adeline who's pregnant. So you end up oh, where no, she's is she pregnant with baby Joseph? Well, yeah. And you, you end up really setting up that idea of like, you're a real piece. He is a piece of shit. I mean, whether you love Deathstroke or not, he's a piece of shit. And he shows us here where he goes off. He has a family and he'd rather just, you know, die here than and almost I'd give up. But <laughs> he ends up there. It's funny because I swear to God that Campbell. He's not a doctor. That is the quarterback for the Gotham Knights, and they're so pissed off at him being fucking terrible. This is 20 years previous. Does somebody go back in time and he's actually the Terminator? That's the thing. You're almost going back to kill baby Hitler. That's his father, and he's going to end up, they know that. But no, when I heard Campbell and you said that, it just reminded me of that nonsense. But yeah, at the end, you're like, oh my God, I think he's dead in this year one story. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of play that. But <laughs> oh, <no>. really, <laughs> there's some things that, I, again, if you end up, if you do write comics, which you said that you would like to, I have no any aspirations of it. But if you did, please don't end these nonsense things like this. End with something a little more clever than, oh, my God, I think that he's dead. Thing is, I still think it's kind of fun, though, even though uh, obviously it's it's Deathstroke year one. You know he's going to be okay, but still, the man just jumped off a building after having an arrow shoved through his chest that he then cut and I then mean, fell to the you're ground. you're setting this up to either he jumps up then and scares everyone as he runs, or Green Arrow makes his way down and then there's just a puddle of blood and nobody there. Damn it! He got away. But I do like the idea. I do like that Ed Brisson plays. And Ed Brisson actually writes a pretty good Oliver as well as he's going sure through here. Oliver's pretty brutal. But I like at the end where... Maybe kind of want an Ed Brisson Green Arrow book after maybe, this. Maybe. Maybe. He ends up... I'm not a huge Ed Brisson fan, but this is pretty good. And I like when he ends up where Oliver has to make sure, like, listen, listen, no. He gets his trial. He gets his things. And that always is the way that the bad guy gets away. And the play in this, though, is... It's Deathstroke's book. So it's a weird play of like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's the hero of the book in his Fuck weird you, way. But then there's, <laughs> and like Oliver comes in as the hero, but is the villain to this story. And I think that's a cool play. I really do think. And I'm glad that at the end, it isn't just like Slade gets away and then you end up having Nightwing find out what this guy's heading towards the blood. <laughs> like now you're you're being goofy. Because right now in my mind, like, you know, I don't even know if like, Maybe he just started, but Roy, in my mind, should just be speedy at this point in time. Actually, maybe 
that's the thing is I'm trying to think of how this it's works hard because to get the connections. And that, again, though. I'm trying to make a timeline for a timeline that never works because we wouldn't be introduced to Slade in our time until the 1980 when the new Teen Titans, when all the Titans were like, you know, grown up at that point in time, like they were at least 18 years old and in the college. So this is before that, but that's when Slade first started out against them. How long was he out there before that? So I'm like, maybe like at this point in time, Speedy should still be the sidekick of Green Arrow, but I'm not sure. And Speedy's a weird deal, but you, you kind of can go with the idea of, you know, Joey or whatever, you know, being born in that age. I don't know. You'd have to kind of work that, out You know, the 20 details. years from now, like, you know, if you go with that, because he'd be a part of the new Teen Titans That's what I'm as well. saying, the Teen Titans. That's what throws me off. But, but that's I'm not thinking how it of the works, idea, I like, think, in the current continuity. No, it's weird. And I just want that Jericho sitting there painting and looking up at the stars, Eric. That we, that we I, need, I need curly Q William Cat looking freaking Jericho <laughs> over there. Oh, he's the, I'm telling you, in that Convergence deal where we left him, he was painting and playing like a lute guitar looking up at the stars uh, that made me laugh some say he's still out there it makes me laugh every time i think of them like, i remember getting so upset like what is he doing Eric? you're like i, I don't know. just go back into the 80s and read with him and crystal and the crazy teen titans that were with our I do like cast. that hair i do like that hair nobody likes that hair no i'm telling you the white fro he looks like a young robert plant even at points i'm like i like you i like your look though he's he's a wacky character so all of this said and done, though, it, it's pretty good. And as I'm reading it and looking at it again, the art is pretty good. I'm just not, oh, I, I don't know so what much. happened. It was that Batman and the Outsiders book that ended up kind of turning me off the Dexter Sword. Because at one time, I really, really did like his art. Then it kind of, even in Remember, when I was doing the Outlaws book, and I ended up giving you it to you. It was weird. And I was like, yeah, I don't really love the way that some of the faces are and things like that. You love That's why I gave you the book. You were right on with it and then i gave it to you and then we got you know smart zaro isn't that smart well, i'm telling you after that first doc you gave me the book and like it, you, it just started falling apart though yeah i know when to do it eric I, you know i'm terrible if i was playing the the market i'm bad but i'm pretty good you ended up getting Why a little was good pup, pup really alive i'm telling you at one point i did have kind of a knack of okay i'm gonna trade eric this book i get this book and that book will be canceled and so, but then it turned and you started being better at that then uh but we haven't really tra- traded books much lately so no. with all that we might end up and that again when i talk about getting all new number ones after dark crisis that's the thing that's also fun for me and you we get to pick which books we're doing and it gets us all excited and things like that so hopefully we'll get something around those lines but what would you give this at the end that's the thing is i like this story it's way better than it has any right to be for a deathstroke year one because it's retelling a freaking origin story of a character we're all reading about because we're buying this book because we like the character deathstroke but it's doing new things within that whole time frame bump against green arrow seeing the first hit of deathstroke it's all fun stuff it just plays out a little too clean like it almost feels like a Tom Taylor issue for how fast this book reads for some reason. And then what we accomplished by the end is Deathstroke failing, and I want to know why. But it's a solid issue, and it makes me think that I still really like Deathstroke. And this Deathstroke year one, while I would rather see you know, what Deathstroke was doing during Dark Crisis, this is not the complete filler that I thought it was going to be. So 7.5 out of 10. I'm going seven, and uh, my favorite oh, era. Art, uh, obviously, my favorite era of the Green Arrow was the, when the we Wolf had the Man. Wolfmen, Eric. That was ah, the, the best. Wards. You know, we didn't bring that up in the DC YLU talk that we had on the TGIF, and I was going to, and then we started talking about something else. That Ward Green nonsense. Arrow versus biker werewolves and white supremacists. Nobody's a good guy because Green Arrow also kills people. I agree that this feels like you said a real quick moving Tom Taylor deal, but definitely he would have mentioned Chili in that because Tom Taylor would have thrown 
that fan service deal in there. This like, is a Slade book, not a great article. He would book. say to Slade, though, he'd be like something like, uh, come on, why don't we just talk about this over some chili? Like, what are you doing? I kind of, that's the thing is, I kind of would have liked a young Speedy. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe like for the timeline, Speedy wouldn't be around yet. But, but you would want, you would want him to get angry at the little kid being a hero, right? I would want something to be something that like, exactly like the idea that this will come back to haunt us in the future. Can you imagine if that's what happens? Speedy shows up and takes him down. And now we know that's why he hates the kid. All of a sudden, Slade goes to Roddy, falls over a kid on the ground and Speedy's like, you got the H, mister? <laughs> Oh, no, my ward. You got something for baby? Oh, my ward. A junkie. Oh, my ward. Stand the fuck up. We got shit to do. I'm only eight and I'm strung out, I am. What are you, Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore or Anthony Kiedis. You know what's the worst part? I was actually saw a thing where I got really upset because I think it's been a decade since Corey Haim died and he was 38 when he died. I'm like, I'm older than Corey Haim was when he died. That's weird. This even think were like the the Corys, you know, they were my age right, at the same time, you know, but to, like, this is like, they were like what I am right now when Corey Haim died and it bothered me thinking about it. Like for some reason, it's almost one of those like, like a uh, high moments where you get your thought process goes into a weird place, but I was completely sober. I read this thing about Corey Haim, like this is sad as shit. And I don't want to be alive anymore. <laughs> I felt the same way when I passed John Lennon and yeah. that was, you what know, is that weird. Shit? and then uh, you know what it is though? Like you have the Corys. I'm thinking John Lennon, I'm like, this motherfucker did all that? <laughs> like, what the fuck have I done? I've done nothing. Yeah, it gets weird. It gets weird getting old, Eric. It really, really does. But we're going to move on to the last book now that I'm depressed. And this will maybe pick my spirits up. Not me. Will it? Harley Quinn number 21. I see some people. I don't know. One might rhyme with Tabe reviewing this and saying, like, this was the one that actually turned this around. I'm like, really? I disagree. Why the fuck are we in a forest in a cave all of a sudden when we're just at a freaking facility? I don't know, but I have a little Why do bit... we have Element X infected freaking people who aren't a part of the collective? I, I don't know. You end up where, remember, it ended up taking its trip down to the Earth. Harley Quinn number 21. <laughs> we had Lashina. She was infected. And then Solomon Grundy touched her and he like joined. So you have a like Element X that had bonded with Lashina and Solomon Grundy to make one. Now we just have... What soldiers of the Element X monster and were the, in the woods out of nowhere? At the end of last issue, you did have a cliffhanger where they were starting to be infected. I don't think that the play was well after that to get to this. They didn't really progress it. They should have started right at that cliffhanger because that's when you ended did up they having Luke people? Come out. I thought they just killed the freaking like the general man. It started looking like they were kind of going in and out of their noses and stuff. That means death to me. <laughs> well, again, it, you didn't know. And then when this happens. It should have been spelled out. These are the transition things that I think that somebody like a new writer like Stephanie Phillips doesn't quite get. She also seems to not get plotting character or story. That's just me, wow. Eric. I don't know. I don't know if she can draw either because she's not the artist, but she can't do that either. Harley Quinn number what 21. Fuck? I'm just telling you, these are the things she can't do. These are the things that I really can't do. Written by Stephanie Phillips. Art by Simone Bianofiantino. Hey! Ramallah Fajardo Jr. And, and World Designs. And I actually forgot, Eric. I did end up coming up with that demo song that you wanted. I was uh -huh. going to play it earlier, and then when I started singing that, it reminded me of it. Maybe after we talk about this, I'll play it for you. You'll really like it. It's to Martika. But in this nice. whole deal, Toy Soldiers. Yeah, I ended up starting a <laughs> weekly book, right? Very weekly. And it started out with Jorge Stuerte on art. Now, I know a weekly book might be something that's hard to keep up with, but usually when you have these plans laid out, 
you kind of know that you're going to do these and you get this is why i think this was a last second decision because he's now completely off he ended up being on like one or two issues then you ended up having the simone on filling in for a half and now she's fully on it so i I think that there's a problem now the art's fine but i'm saying i think that this is and people were saying like what is the story doing what is it about why are we having it it's obviously a numbers game in my mind because the book wasn't selling in my mind a book not selling you're not gonna up the ante by making people buy it four times a month that's not how this works, but they want to get to a number. No, no, it sounds like a, like a, a good way to make the month look better than it normally does. Yeah, but it doesn't when all four fail. I mean, you can end up saying at the end, okay, well, it sold 40,000 total, but that's four books that only sold 10,000. And that's where it looked like it was around like in like the 18s or something. I think that some people would go, and I don't think more, but like, I don't think, People who aren't buying the book would buy this. And I think some would be like, well, this is the week I usually get these other books. I don't know. But even so, the story sucks. And I ended up seeing people, including Gabe, who thinks that this is a great Luke Fox deal. Like, all of a sudden, this book has become a Luke Fox, you know, deal that he's going to be great. I think what we're seeing here is the Harley sales are awful. They might even be worse now. But in that I swear to God, she's trying to play this collector's type deal where you have a new suit for Luke. And then they're like, what What will you call yourself? Like a Bendis deal. Ooh, I'll get them to collect this because we see the suit. And then next issue, he'll name it. And then we'll get that. This I went and looked, eBay, this thing's selling already for less than the face value. So it's not working. And it's just weird. So what do you think Luke Fox is going to call himself in his new Batwing inspired, like, you know, suit, but not exactly Batwing? I thought Wing. he looked like Black Panther. What we saw previously in Detective Comics before in the New 52, I think it was during Gothtopia when we had the whole dream world scenario. He was calling himself the Flying Fox. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a Fox deal. So yeah. it'll probably just be that. He's Luke Fox. Silver so that Fox. makes sense. But he looks like Black Panther to me when he comes out. And I'm like, it's not working. It's not working here. I thought I thought he looked like Panthro from the Thundercats. It actually, he looks a lot. He does look a lot. I even know that character. For some reason, I know what you're talking about. But in this, it really doesn't do anything. I mean, you end up, and I, I put a note here while I was reading this, and I thought the idea where you said, hey, what's going on because of this big thing? Oh, my God, the JLA, the moon base. They ended up having the system set up. You have all these things that are going to end up attacking the security details, all that. We never saw it. We never thought anything of it. And you get there. Why couldn't you have played? And this would have been kind of shade, but would have been kind of funny where the idea when they get there and they're like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? We can't get in. And the base recognizes Harley because she was in the Justice League for three minutes in the beginning of Dark Crisis, where it's just like, boom, welcome, Harley, because they all ended up dead. And then you'd end up where they didn't take her out of the base. You could have done that. It would have been a kind of a funny deal. Instead, you did nothing, and Harley still continues to be just an annoyance. Hey, guys, I figured out how to use the teleporter system so we can go back to where the Element X teleported down to previously. And in case you didn't know it, what was Element X doing on the moon? Why it was watching 90s sitcoms and has freaking pop culture sayings now, like how wooed. And it didn't say how wooed. It said how rude. That's not right. You could have went full out and said how wooed. And that's the thing. People might have looked at it and thought, oh, that." but if you know the joke, which you hope people do, you'd really laugh at that. Oh, Stephanie Tanner. Element X loves that Stephanie Tanner. Uh, Yeah. And again, I'm waiting for the, you know, right on, dude. I was waiting for it. Did I do that? Because I expected, you know, them to watch all the TGIF shows. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty. But even then, the jokes are explained. 
there's a couple things in here that are really going to hit the top Harley explained. Quinn and say, not the mama. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you want. I don't want that, but come on. If you're going to have all these 90s fucking pop culture out oh, of nowhere. I'm telling you. And then when you end up getting Bronze Tiger, just because he's joking, he goes, whoa, the hair. He's bald, Eric. It's all a of a sudden we get to the late 90s and they freaking cross the freaking X in front of them and say, suck it. For D-Generation no, X? Yeah, be the DX. That'd be awesome. Like, here we go. This would be the most annoying monster everywhere. Oh, yeah. You're ever. not doing anything in here. And the funny play is, is that... What else happened in the 90s? You're actually <laughs> making this monster be more of Harley. Like, Harley should be the pop culture deal. Yeah. And Harley actually should be getting along with this monster and having fun. And all of a sudden, Harley, that's the enemy. But they end up there talking about stuff and laughing about the 90s. Stuff like that. But instead, it's just there, like... You're not getting enough nonsense from Harley, so let's get some more from this monster that I don't know if it's me, but it's not real threatening when the monster is quoting Stephanie Tanner and saying, I I, I was introduced to the Spice Girls. All right, here we go. Here we go. I, I don't like this book, but when it says, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, I actually did chuckle. <laughs> Even then, I thought maybe Blackpink could have been mentioned there. Why would Blackpink be mentioned for the 90s? Yeah, but you don't like, you don't have to watch one channel. I just, I don't know either. I just know it was 90 sitcoms and Spice Girls, which is also in the 90s. So I'm going with the 90s where they were watching. The idea, though, is uh, the funny play would be if you would be able to talk, but the Justice League is dead. It would have been funny if you just find out, like, that's Batman's VHS tapes from back in the day. Like, Batman really liked the Spice Girls or something, but you're never going to be able to do that. Who didn't really like the Spice Girls? Well, you know. Did you watch Spice World, Jim? I uh, I did. It was not good. <laughs> it was not. It was no It wasn't as good as Josie and the Pussycats, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that was actually an underrated movie. That was movie. a really good that movie. That was really underrated. But uh, the Spice Girls movie, not so great. Spice up your life, Jim. But ultimately, with an Element X monster we have going on, and we have our Task Force XX teleport themselves back down to Earth, but now they have to contend with the Element X-infected soldiers who are acting like foot soldiers for our monster. But Luke comes out of the woodwork with his Silver Fox, which are Flying Fox costume, and puts little shocks on them, and we find out for some reason the Element X, the metal of imagination, can be thwarted by electricity. Yeah, because and for it's some a symbiote. Reason, yeah. That's all it but feels like, right? But we have like, this right? thing going on here. It's like... You know what, guys? I don't know who I want to be. Maybe I'll figure out who I want to be, but I made this suit. But you know what else? I also made prototypes for specific weapons for each of you that I never talked about until now that are very, uh, that are designed for this in case this ever happens. This specific but we won't way. let you have them earlier. Here, when I first recruited you, I started to work on weapon prototypes for the mission they are. I'm like, that was like two days ago. When did you start work on this? Why because didn't he work on them five days ago? And here's give prototypes for the mission. They are untested, but I guess no better time than the present. Browns Tiger, this staff has electrical currents. In the ends, it can help you incapacitate the enemy. Verdict. These guns will project. They're just electric shooting guns. I'm sorry. But it was like hard to find an adequate upgrade for Killer Frost. But you know what the best part is? We're showing all these things. But I'm like, hey, what'd you build for Bolt? Or did you know he was going to die on the way to the moon? <laughs> Where's your prototype for Lashina and Solomon Grundy, huh? This ends up where the heroes, they sense When did you just, build this, buddy? I'm telling you, it reminds me in the flashbook with those bracelets and stuff. Well, we made an extra one here, and we did that there. And At least I know it's something that Michael Holt, Mr. Terrific, was working on one project specifically, and that was a part of it. These are out of nowhere and were built an hour ago. Well, that's, and again... When Stephanie Phillips, she's trying. I mean, she is trying. And she has this where she's trying to even incorporate. Here's an electric mallet, Harley. You're mentioning Jace in this. And yeah. it's like, Jace liked to do that, do this, whatever. But in this time. What is, what's the context with Jace, though? Didn't Except feel for right. Jace knew what he wanted to be. But I'm like, 
Why are you comparing yourself to your fucking black sheep brother right now when it's been out of like nowhere? You don't think about Jace. You don't talk about Jace. You don't like Jace. It feels it, weird. This, yeah, exactly. You know what this would be? Would be the idea. I don't want to mess up because then I don't have that over Jace because Jace is an asshole and I hate his guts and he's always a prick and I need to be better than that and whatnot. And my, even the play where he had where he was talking to his dad, Lucius, you know, I don't know why, but Jace always fucks up, but yet dad likes him more. I can't fuck this up because I hate that. Jace. But no, she tries to get this weird, like, man, me and Jace, we were tight. And we're doing this and we did that. And we did he that. He was so it cool. He used right. to shoot me with BB guns. He knew what he wanted to be from the get go. Yeah, it, it didn't feel right. And again, it's because, you no, know, she doesn't write that book. And I think she was just kind of told, hey, this is their relationship. They end up big brother, little brother, but it's not quite like that. And when I said the idea of, you know, these jokes and some of these things, some of them went good. But when you have to explain a joke so much that it's bad, it's the rumba with the dog poop. You the just rumba, say yeah. that and laugh. And then all of a sudden, Harley's like, you ever seen that? It's hilarious. These little vacuums that we accept. She goes through the whole thing. And yeah, by the sucks. end, you're like. And even my, when Verdict says that's gross, I'm like, I'm with Verdict for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah, that's disgusting. But you end up wasting time to explain a thing. If you don't think it's a big enough reference that people will get it right off the bat for a, a laugh, then don't use it. Use something else, and it's just a weird play. But overall, I, I don't get where, and I saw uh, other reviews, like, this is great because we finally get a real Luke Fox that feels right in doing this. No, it doesn't. This doesn't feel I'm right telling at you, all. It goes against everything that he just talked about, everything he's been fighting against for years now. I'm like, all right, I'm back in the suit. I'm the silver. I'm going to keep saying silver fox or flying fox. I can't, I'll go back and forth, but let's go save the world team. Like, Systemic racism, Fox. Luke Fox, like, what, what, what did you want to do? And also, I didn't want to be Batwing, but I built a suit very similar. <laughs> okay. And also, you know, I don't know what she I want to be and do, but I, I think I'm a hero, even though I pretty much endangered the entire universe, multiverse, because I kind of did things, black whatever. market element X. Doing something, and just to start there, that is never a Luke Fox thing. That was something that they tried, she tried to force him to just get a story. That did not feel like anything what luke fox might have done is end up coming across that in some way where he was stopping somebody then trying to figure out or something along the lines that you know maybe his dad i mean i'd rather have lucius be a little sus than him but even so it just never felt right this is nothing that luke fox would get involved with and luke fox in my mind doesn't really ever shame the bat family like he kind of was in this as well i don't need a bat symbol i don't need this yeah, you haven't really been this in a while, but you've helped out. You're a tech guy. I mean, it just it just never felt right. You got and a bolt killed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you got a guy killed because, again, it's his mistake. He ended up, and that's what, remember at the first point, we thought maybe it was one of those where people had stored, you know, maybe some other heroes, but he actually went up there and put that there himself. Not even that. He shot a drone up there that somehow got inside, and I'm like, I don't know how anything worked. And even that giant hole that Solomon Grundy ripped in the side to get in there, I'm like, How's anybody breathing without their mask? Did you have a freaking put down an airlock? I don't know. All you have to do in this is Thinking talk too much about into it. All you have to do is talk about the idea where this element X, where people were desperate to get a hold of it during the whole metal wars and all that nonsense, they say. The gear wars there. But in that, you Not could have wars. him doing experiments. And actually, he's the reason. He realizes this stuff is starting to mutate up on there. We have to go say it doesn't have to be that he messed up and put it there. That seemed to be what she needed to have as this impetus to do it. He's a good guy. He's a smart guy. He figures this out and then sends them to go and should have went with him anyway. He should have been full out. Even if it is this flying fox, he should have been right Jesus, there with you're him. You're a team leader. Don't be an oracle. 
Yeah, yeah, just th- exactly. And take it down and do your thing. And it, it just, and anyway. Because I'm sure you could fly it and you didn't need Bolt to do no, it. No, and it's a story with Verdict. <laughs> Verdict, Verdict never makes sense little bit. To be I mean, here. nothing, nothing does. There's some electric no. bullets, Verdict, and these special guns that I built for you. Go get them. And then it's like, I, Try I can not imagine. Try to cut anybody's eyes out. I can imagine Stephanie Phillips is there and you know, you know what? I haven't loved a lot of things that have happened recently, but what I really liked was when Beast Boy and Cyborg, they kind of melded together in that Teen Titans Academy. I want to do something like that, but I'm yeah. going to do it <laughs> with these characters. I'm like, nobody liked that. This is ridiculous. Stop it. Stop it. At one point, they're firing at what is their friend at that one point. And I'm saying Solomon. I don't think that they care about Lashina that much, but. The oh, art's sure. okay. I mean, no, like you, you have your little jokes and some of the things, you know, you get a smirk, but it's not hilarious. And it's just, it's just not good. It's just not a good book. It's now weekly. We're going to end it next week in the annuals week. So I'll, it'll be an extra special, longer version of this bullshit. We're going to finish sure. Harley Quinn in space. We're going to finish War World. And we're doing something with the Flash that I'm not sure of yet. Yeah, we'll be talking about that in a second because what would you give this? Ultimately, I like the art in this a lot. And the thing, like, you know, the idea of putting Fox, Luke, I keep just saying Fox, but Luke Fox back into a costume, it's fine. I like, I want him to be Batwing. If he wants to be his own thing, that's fine too. If we got to get it through this, it's through a convoluted means, that's fine too. The story overall, it's hot garbage. I'm going to still give this a 5.3 out of 10, though, because the art's good and I like Luke Fox doing stuff. It just, the way we got there was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going 5.5. Five. I'm just going to standard 5.5. Five. Same exact reasons. The art's okay. It's just, ridiculous and again we you try to judge a book on the actual issue or whatever but when it's so convoluted and it just keeps slapping you in the face you have to keep remembering that stuff even and the idea that this book has no rhyme or reason to it it really doesn't it's just hey let's make harley and even then if it ended up progressing harley in a bit in her own book she's almost a side character especially now luke fox takes the you know center stage and it just seems like Stephanie Phillips has no care of this Harley anymore. It's made her the, oh, Kamoli, even worse than that. It's not even a smart day. At, at points, she's like, I know some of the computer, but when you play off that, it's always the play of, oh, look at dumb Harley. Oh, man, she's not as dumb. But then she just goes right back to it. And you're like, all right, you blew She can it. be silly it. and smart, Jim. Yeah, I know, but this isn't silly. This is more just ridiculously annoying. Everybody, even in the book, says, please shut your mouth. And it just gets crazy with that so it, it's just a bad deal so i'm gonna give it a 5.5 what is your book of the week my book of the week is action comics number 1046 that is mine as well and as we said next week we don't have a badass spotlight we don't have that it's all on the patreon one big show and there's not too many books but there's no. some cool things coming out some things ending and you know if you want to listen to that all you have to do is go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. And for as little as a dollar, you'll get that. And also the same play with the Marvel podcast and stuff like that going on. So you'll get a bunch of things. And there's already a bunch of shows that you can listen to, especially as you go up the levels. And then you can check it out. That's a pretty cool deal. Pretty cool way to put up your pants. But here's what we have. DC Saved by the Bell Rev number one, Eric. We'll see we what's going it. on. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's that long. And it actually has some stories that I'm interested Eight in. Tales so maybe academic adventure in cartoony fashion. I'm like, all right. I might end up doing that myself then because it has Gotham Academy with the original team minus Cameron Stewart because he's canceled. But you have some other things as well. But we have Harley Quinn. I, again, I'd rather do that than the Harley Quinn 2022 annual. 
which is, is the other one continuity. we have there. I don't know. I think that the Gotham Academy stuff will probably be in continuity from that Saved by the Bell rev, especially because I believe that Maps is heading off to the Batgirls book in a month or two. We'll have to see how that plays out. We also have Superman War World Apocalypse number one that ends the War World saga. We have the Flash 2022 annual. You'll have to hit on that and see what that is. On the cover it says Love on the Run, so I'm guessing we're going to find out finally about Linda Park and her Speed That's Force cool. powers. That's cool. I meant hit on it. I thought you were going to like talk sweet nothings to it. But also, Wonder Girl 2022 Angel. Huh? All right. We, we keep talking Secrets about these. <laughs> of the Amazon reveal, really? Jim, it says Holy on the cover. moly. How, how could that Maybe be Maybe we're going to finally find out what is up with the RF4 and why everybody lost their shit when she showed up in Brazil at the beginning yeah, of her book. Exactly. Or why this took so long to actually give us some info. These are weird. These Wonder Woman books are like are the Wonder Family books are coming out weird timing. Like, I thought this was all dumb. We'll have to see. But hopefully it gives us some cool things and some cool art. We'll see. But that's it. There's not a ton of books with that. So we'll see how we go, what we talk about and whatnot. But if you are already on the Patreon, that also means that on Thursday night, we will not have a spotlight. Everything is on the Saturday night show. That's early access uh, with that. So all of that going down. Hey, I'm I'm looking at the, there is a Gotham Academy story in that DC Saved by the Bell Rev, but there's also the Suicide Squad is sent to a prep school to save a freaking dignitary son. John Paul Valley returns to the school that made him into Azrael, and then plus for the return of the Tiny Titans. I do like the Tiny Titans as well, so I'll I'll, I'll check it out. So we don't have a lot of so books, grab and your it pencils and deal. notebooks to get educated. Yeah, I just want I I didn't love that maps backup. You liked it more than I did the last uh-huh. thing that we had, so I was hoping oh, yeah, that was okay. if we have all the of Kappa. the kids, so we'll see what's going down. But yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm I'm you, the Gotham Academy stuff might be okay. The rest just kind of feels like a filler and nonsense. Eight Super stories Sons for goofiness. Story. You got the Super Sons in there. Oh, People yeah, love you that. You love the Super Sons. And it's by Peter J. Tomasi. People love okay, it. Okay, I've uh, read all the stuff that Green wasn't great by Peter J. Tomasi. Tiny Titans, like you said, Black Lightning. Oh, Brandon Thomas. Uh, Asriel, yeah. The Nightwing and Batgirl. In a night off. I'm looking at all of these. Might as well I'll, be a I'll fucking Batman out. Urban Legends. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll see what's going on with it. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Maybe I'll just show up on a Wednesday with a Wednesday show on the regular feed with that. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it's it plays $10. out. $10. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be anybody buying it. But we'll 80, see. 80 pages. Yeah. How much is, is the... Uh, the Harley because nobody's buying that regular deal. But I don't we'll know. See. I'm sure that's we'll like $4.99. I actually just got away from it too. I had to go back to it. Probably like something like that. $5.99, $4.99. But yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. All, how it goes. It's, oh, it's $5.99. So I'm guessing all the annuals are $5.99 then. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're out of touch with the prices. But that's that. That is it. Like we said, if you don't get involved in the Patreon, then just pretend we took a week off and we'll see you in two weeks, whatnot. But if, if you want to even give us a hand, Give us a little Superman and World get World to Apocalypse hear a number one, Jim. Now, yeah, yeah, that seems like that should be a little longer than that. I would like that to be like a, a sixty-page. Well, it is seven dollars, so I'm guessing it's going. It says here it's going to be uh, fifty-six pages. Okay, so it's a couple pages more. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. But we'll see what we think of those. And yeah, so that'll be next week. That is where there are no limitations. All that nonsense. But that is it for the podcast. So please go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. But if not, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. But Eric, what do we say at the end of the show? 
Everybody have a great week. We- Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.